I think this is Madonna's Cherish, but why is it nine minutes long? <laughs> and it sounds all Asian-y. Because <laughs> this is really, this is weird. God damn it, you little bitch. I tell you about it, I love you so much. Hello, and welcome to Maze of Uselessness. Ramjack in a flyover country. <laughs> Hi guys, I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack Studios, well, that's Brad over there. Hey. And who's that to the screen? That's Jonathan. Hello, Governor. <laughs> we have a really exciting show for you today. We're talking about a whole lot of things. You want to do a quick rundown? Jonathan, do you want to tell us what's going on? Or Oh, sure. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of television, as you know, is per usual. That will include perhaps a little Charles in Charge, as per usual. Of course, we oh, cannot yeah. forget the cape. Uh, and the then cape. there's going to be the cape. And there's going to be, you know, some stories, <laughs> maybe Definitely. some games. It's like a campfire setting. You know, just imagine that you're with us around a campfire and you're just going to be playing some games and tell the story. Should I get my acoustic guitar? I'll roast the marshmallows. <laughs> I will bring the wieners. <laughs> I really wish I had practiced an acoustic riff of uh, Charles in Charge. We could have sang that, that been leading amazing. in. That would have been amazing. But alas, I did not, sadly. It's been a really busy week. How have you been, Jonathan? Fun times? Good times? Fun stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Middling times, which, you know, it's better than bad times, I guess. How's the Windy City? Uh, blustery as always. It warmed up a little bit here. All right. How about that traffic? How about that traffic? God, about? traffic is just getting, it's every day. Well, did, you, did, you take the, like did you take the I-32? There's no getting around it. There's Yikes. no getting around it. You I should have cut around crime scene, crime scene. Speaking of crime scenes, <laughs> I was accosted on my way to the studio tonight. Um, three police cars and four policemen up on the bridge. They stopped me for a minute. They were like, I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to hold on a second while we uh, take care of this here. So, Because the, the four cops are crowding the bridge where I cannot cross. So I had to stop and wait. And they're finally like, okay, two of the cops go away. There's still two guys there interrogating this guy. And they say, okay, you can pass. As I pass, I see one of them take like a small, like a tiny um, travel-sized uh, bottle of alcohol from him, open it up, and pour it out into the river. What's happening? That's weird. You didn't tell me he poured it in the river. Yeah. I thought you said that he just poured it out. In my mind, I imagine him just pouring it out on concrete in front of him. Well, he's, but no, in the he's river, holding it over the, br- over the bridge. He's just pouring it out. I'm like, dude... Did you just? Can you do that? Like, what's so the in guy? There? W- the guy was clearly of age, like over twenty-one. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. So the cop just took that's his liquor weird. and poured it out. Yeah. That's kind of a, being a bastard. Yeah, that's kind of illegal. You can't do that. I don't think. Maybe they were trying to get him for public drunkenness or something. That's like the only thing I can think of. But you still Andy can't. Griffith law. I don't you still know. can't take. <laughs> you still can't take some of these booze and pour it out. What is that? What's happening? No. There's mischief afoot. Yeah, you don't mess with Mr. Booze. If, if, if I've learned anything in my life, you don't mess with Mr. Booze. Would a policeman ever take my bag lunch or like, and just put it on the curb? <laughs> Poor Alex. I Would feel horrible ever... now. Hey, Alex. Oh, is this your egg sandwich? Is this your egg sandwich, sir? <laughs> no, no. That was my lunch. Mm, Too bad. Civil rights. Civil rights. What's Get happening in, in this fucking country? Oh, man. Nothing's safe anymore. No. Right where we live. So, guys, I have not read the book atlas shrugged but uh brad you have read atlas i have it's a great book it's a great book now uh, not knowing anything about said book i can only imagine that the movie which has been in development for quite some time is going to be a turgid piece of shit (laughs) because you've seen this trailer brad i i had to stop like 35 seconds in and just 
take a little take a couple of breaths for myself because it's set in modern times and that doesn't work at all. You can't set this in modern times. Can you give a quick what? rundown of what the plot is for Atlas Shrugged for those? Yeah, when's, when's the book it's, set? It's, Most people probably know about Atlas Shrugged, but they don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's set, um, I think, uh, I want to say early 50s. Um, it's a time when train travel was popular. <laughs> well, And okay. that's, that's a huge thing because it's largely set around a major railway line. That's the setting for the story. And that's not a thing anymore. We don't oh, have no, people, those. No, 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 Brad, Brad, Brad. People love trains in the year 2011. Yeah. yeah. They, they love trains. There's fierce competition over who's going to own the railways and yeah. who's going to build new rails. Is it set rails. in, like, another country or, like, in Europe? Because they do use train travel there a lot. No, it's set in the U.S. It's very, oh. very oh. set in the U.S. Very American, very American. And it's very uh, – um, there's, there's competing train companies. And when the trains – when there's problems with the trains – all hell breaks loose because people can't get anywhere. Because people take the train. <laughs> what happens well, and, to all and, our cars? <laughs> not so big on the cars. Well, well, yeah, not uh, so, there's still not cars so in this cars. world, right? Yeah, some, but not many. Why would you want to ride in a car when you can ride on a luxurious train? <laughs> or a bicycle? Uh, no, no bicycles. Scooters, every form of transportation down. Oh, but, and the other thing, no, Alex, the other thing is that like, eh. th- this Mm-mm. book is... You, if you take it out of context... It's just horrible, which is why everyone that quotes Atlas Shrugged is probably a douchebag. Because they don't get it. It's because it's been like this rallying cry for these crazy libertarians and super crazy conservatives. And they completely take it away from the fact that it was written as a, as a statement against communism. Because Ayn Rand fled a communist country and wrote an entire book and then created a crazy philosophy that's all basically anti-communist. And that's all it is in scope. And when you take away that kind of uh, context for it, it's meaningless. Well, that's like taking the On the Road movie, which I can't believe that's finally becoming a movie in any case. But that's like taking On the Road and deciding to set it in the 80s or the mid-90s. Like, why would you do that? You're completely removing it from any sort of context where it would be meaningful. But that movie, uh, getting back to the trailer... It kind of cracked me up and it also kind of bored the shit out of me because, first of all, the budget looks like it's minimal at best. It looks like yeah. a TV movie. I love that it's part one of two because apparently we need two movies to tell this riveting story it's, about competing it's railway lines. big and epic, but I think re- I think like a long-form like TV miniseries would be better than ma- three that movies. That would make more three sense. Three movies are a miniseries. I don't – one movie would have been insane and ridiculous and horrible. Two movies I still not really buy, but it doesn't matter because it's going to suck. Well, and the acting looks like it's terrible, and the trailer tries to excite you by constantly cutting to kind of fast-moving trains. Like, white people arguing in hushed tones cut to sparks flying from a train. Like, yeah. it's not action-packed. This is not unstoppable. Yeah. This is Atlas Shrugged Part 1 of 7. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... no one wants to see it. It's not going to make any money. The thing is, here's what's going to happen. All the crazy Tea Party people and all the crazy libertarians and the crazy conservatives are going to like go on crazy about this movie. And I hope that they support it full out and they think it's the greatest thing ever since The Passion. And then when it's terrible and it flops and, and everyone hates it, I hope they learn their lesson. God, if it gets anywhere near the success of The Passion of the Christ, I'll just lay my head up. This, this is going to like because if these people get what they want, it's going to be the Tea Party's Passion of the Christ besides <clears throat> The Passion of the Christ. Because uh, that's what it is now. 
Who's starring in this? Like, who's in this? Randos. No one. So it's no all independent? Knows. Yeah. So it's not really a real movie release. It's just... Oh, no, no. It's full out. They just got unknowns. Will it will it have a theatrical release? I guess I yeah. didn't really know that. Who's, the, oh, who's producing oh, this? Like, what's the studio behind this? I forgot. That I don't even remember either, because I don't think their logo yeah. was shown. Hmm. It might be. It might get a theatrical release, but like a oddly... Oh, yeah. I bet they try to do like a Facebook wide. grassroots, like bring Atlas Shrugged to your town, like no, paranormal you. activity. I mean, I, I, the thing is, I think it's, I think <laughs> Alex, it'll, no, I think it'll you. have, I mean, I don't think it's going to be <laughs> like a that. small release. I think it'll get like a big release. It may last Why? for a week because it's Atlas Shrugged and people know it and no, crazy people no. love it in a Everyone's weird way. It. First off, you know what kids love? Really. Speed Racer. You know what adults love? <laughs> Ayn Rand. Let's make movies out of everything. Actually, I'd like to see another. But like, speed this, I mean, like the, the whole yeah. modern conservative um, movement is obsessed with this book. I guess. Uh, but the book most is so people, old. Like, the most people that it's I know have read it, <laughs> except for you, Brad, who mm-hmm. the only person who's ever like talked about it with any type of like, you know, this is really great, mm-hmm. and putting it in its context and understanding what it is for what right. it is. Most people read it for that surface value. They immediately equate it to modern times. And I guess they greatly misunderstand what's going on in the book. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... Most people hate it. But, but when I say that, I mean, I know maybe four people who I've ever met that actually have read the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe 12 people who have ever heard of it. Do you think... I bet they did transfer the setting of the plot to modern times just so they could say... Look, it's still relevant. It's still, you know, and that's the very problem. Much, I've heard people talk yeah, about exactly. how the Obama administration is bringing about similar, um, I guess, not themes, but events, or at least ha- happenstances, or Obama does to, encourage train travel. And he does. Atlas Shrugged, which I was like, mm. no, not from what I've, <laughs> not from what I know of the story. I, I, which side of the? What, where are they coming from on that? I, there was nothing. That's all they said. Uh, we talked about Anne Rand for a second. I was like, yeah, uh, you know. Atlas Shrugged, I've heard good things. I have a friend who really loves it. It's beautifully structured. It's beautifully structured. If you take into mind what she was trying to say with the book, she she gets to it spot on. And the thing is, but you ha- but the thing is, the, sh- the shadow of Ayn-, Ayn Rand and her crazy philosophy that all came that all came through this, and then later overshadow it. And all the douchebags that use the wrong parts of it and don't realize that in reality this just doesn't fucking work. Yeah. I mean. It's but, almost like her legacy at this point precedes any of her actual. Like you can't right. take her work on its own. You but have to take her into it's account. It's an amazingly too. written book. It's wonderful, and I love it. Wasn't well, the story? I mean, her themes aside, isn't the story supposed to be like really awesome? It's great. Whatever. So you, you think you, you think it, it could be filmed? Like you think it could be something I, worthy of? I don't. Being well, filmed. I don't trust. Not America. I don't trust America, and I don't trust Hollywood to make it because of the way we write, which is a whole other issue that I don't want to go into. Could the Brits right, do it? Sure. Possibly. But I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head with like a mini series. Don't yeah. Yeah. I don't understand the idea of a movie. It's it's the thing know. is it's like it's a big it's a it's a it's a largely a huge mystery story. Yeah, I don't actually know what happens at the end of it. What happens? Uh, what happens ooh, at the end? It's, it's, well, it's a good story. Maybe <laughs> it's a good the, story. Uh, Check it out at your local library. <laughs> I, 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 I recommend library. Read the book, but fucking disconnect it from. Read it for what it is. Yeah. Put it in context. Do some research, maybe on. What's going well, on? Am I am I wrong of being the only one who is also just a little trepidatious of said on the road movie? Because they've been trying to turn that damn thing into a movie basically since the fucking thing came out. And there's a reason why it never came out until now. It's because it probably doesn't need to be a movie. Yeah, it's not really a filmable text. Yeah, I can't even comment on that because I can't understand what they would do. It's a wandering memoir. It's not a novel. It's not... Uh, there's no start 
middle end. I, I don't know. There, it stars uh, Kristen Stewart of Twilight. And oh God! If that doesn't tell us anything, no. nothing will. Like what? I mean, I just what unfilmable book are we going to try next? Like Catcher in the Rye, starring oh, who? Who are we going to get to be in our Catcher in the no, Rye? No, they should absolutely film Catcher in the they Rye. They could. They could film no Catcher problem. in the Rye, but and maybe they never realize easier. how fucking awful it is. Worst book ever written. <laughs> what if they fix it? Impossible. No, you can't fucking fix that piece of shit. Have you read it? Yet? Zach Efron yeah. in Catcher in the Rye from the makers of Charlie St. Cloud. Oh, fuck that book. From the makers of Charlie St. Cloud? Didn't I mean, Zac this Efron? is from the same reality that brought us the unbearable lightness of being the movie and <laughs> Naked Lunch. The movie! Like, yeah, uh huh. Naked Lunch. That's going to be a real box office success. You take that Burroughs, you take that Burroughs book right to the silver screen, you fucking Hollywood dum-dums. What's happening is that we're taking, like, we're taking books that have not just, like, a fan base, but actually, like, a collective chunk of people where we can aim it directly at this group right. of people. Hey, you people, you are the people that are obsessed with this book. Here's your movie. Ta-da. Done. Hopefully, it's, it's easy your box coming launch. to the box office will exceed our original budget. <laughs> yeah. Because hopefully this isn't too damn niche. Which, ugh. Ugh. I don't know. I guess it's better to try and adapt a book than to try and adapt, say, a board game. I mean, I guess that is better than licensing Candyland for a six-film series or Battleship or whatever. Battleship. Fiddly fuck. It's coming up. 2012. Battleship. Come on, guys. We're all going to be or, uh, there. Did anyone see the Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie that was in uh, cinema maybe for a week? Did that happen? Has it already no, come that out hasn't, yet? That hasn't come out. You're talking about the Hugh Jackman movie Real Steel. Yeah. No, that's that's the one that was based off of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Not not technically. Not technically. Didn't, no, wasn't that just oh. a joke we were making on this show? I think that was no. just a joke we were making on this show. I think I've read stuff about that. <laughs> I really? It's, I, I'm, I'm, like, I have read about it. It's, it. it is not. They did not get the rights for Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's just the robots themselves are so clearly designed to be like, hey... You like Rock'em Sock'em Robots? You like this? <laughs> Do you remember Rock'em Sock'em Robots? No, of course not. It's one of those Here's things where movie. it's like, I play with it, you're done. <laughs> I always wanted Rock'em Never look at it again. Never had it. Simon the movie. I don't remember it. <laughs> Natalie Portman, Halle Berry, and <laughs> Simon, what comes next? Should we should we jump from movies which seem depressing and horrible? Yeah, that was really to something that's kind of more upbeat and maybe happy. Sure, yeah, sure. maybe. Jonathan, I leave it to you to introduce because I know you want to, and I'm not going to interrupt you this time or ever again as you set it up. What am I setting up? The cape, duh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know either. I was like, what? I wasn't really sure either. <laughs> oh, I don't actually have a lot nice to say about the cape, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, no. Okay, uh, Brad, it is time for The Cape! The Cape! The Lich Part 2. Da-da-da! Da-da-da! Could The Cape have been more dour this week and more depressing? Oh, yeah, this was it's kind of a downer episode, but there were some funny moments. There were some pretty sad, funny moments for poor Summer Glau. She's gonna have a hard time living down <laughs> in this episode. Um, can we say, can we start off with the fact that when the cape tries to call Summer Glau, um, the lich picks up her phone, and the caller ID says the cape. The cape. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> like, really? really? You couldn't do it. You couldn't do an anagram of Vince Verde's name. That would have been clever. People or, lose their cell phones all the all time. All the time. Hey, do you know the cape? No. Then why is he in your contact book? There's a smiley face next to him. Do you have a crush on the cape? You have an emoticon next to his name. 
Leave me alone. I'm going to go through all of my contacts and else give people certain names of just random people. And I and like, is your dad in there? It's like, Dad, hey, this rings that company with the evil guy that's chess. I mean, random British guy. <laughs> the chess question mark? <laughs> it says dad slash Peter Fleming slash chess. chess. No, she has wow, three your separate phone's really informative. She has three separate listings. One's for dad, one's for Peter Fleming, and one's for chess, but they're all the same number and she hasn't figured it out yet. Oh, well, poor I don't summer. think I don't think Orwell's doing too well. I, I think she's inheriting some of her father's crazy cray cray traits. Ooh, yeah. Because she basically spends this entire episode in a, in a sedative haze. Right. And she's dreaming about marrying Vince. And yeah. But at the same weird. time, we cut back and you can see her like trying to move. So it's it's like they it's like they filmed it with her like just being unable to move and being paralyzed and she's trying to move her hand and staring at it frustratedly. But then they were like, oh, that's not enough. We don't have enough to fill this episode. Let's, hey, let's what if we make film some crazy uh, dream sequences? Let's film a dream sequence. <laughs> oh my god! And there's a creepy white door that represents her return to reality, and she's like, I have to get to the door. And Vince is like, No, stay with me, marry me. And then it cuts to the Lich, who I swear to God, Lich, do you need a <laughs> napkin? You have jam on your face. <laughs> Someone has jam on their face, Lich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the worst Lich. villains. Oh, so bad. Taken out so easily by the cape because the cape's like, hacha, and he throws a wardrobe at the Lich, and the Lich is like, eek, I'm dead, or something. Yeah. Well, but the Lich can't feel pain. Which, yeah. Um, that, which, that's awesome, a terrible thing. That's a terrible, like, terrible problem. That's not something that's like a benefit to you at all. He like, also apparently smells. He apparently smells because Rolo has the best line where he goes, ugh, it smells like lich in here. Ugh. Best line. Best line. Also, does he look at the camera and wink after that? <laughs> like lich in only. here. <laughs> Am I right? Hey. Who's hiding behind that curtain? Oh my god, it's the lich. Hey, uh, Rolo, you've never <laughs> met lich. How do you know what he smells like? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ugh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think there's a lot that's going to come out in episode oh, secrets. Was it nine. Eight? Secrets. Yeah, mm. nine's coming up, but uh, what what the hell else happened in this? You damn think he thing? could be Rollo's brother? <laughs> no. Oh, the Lich and Rollo brothers. Then they would have had no reason whatsoever to go find the Lich. <laughs> oh, he's my brother. Let's go get him. Well, then why don't you just take take control of the ports? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> God, and like trips there, kind of, and he's sitting in the dark, and he wants to know what's going on, and he wants pepperoni pizza because he's a dum dum. Because this is the episode where Cape goes to get help from his wife, who doesn't recognize him. No one recognizes him. Nope. Really? He could rip off his own mask and they'd be like, who are you? What? Who? Are, are you supposed to be someone I know? It's me, Vince. Who? Who? I'm sorry? Oh, Your no, husband. Just, my husband's dead. No, his my name husband's was, dead. His name was Spence. Who was it? <laughs> and that's the season one twist. <laughs> oh, rats. Aww, it makes no sense. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love, uh, you pointed out, Brad, on Twitter that the cape in this episode masters the ability to teleport. Yeah. The, okay. What? We've seen, we've seen cape do these ridiculous disappearing acts time and time again. But in this episode, it's like a million times. He's like disappearing and reappearing on the other side of the roof with his wife. It, He's oh, like, no he, there's like a guarded room that he has to get his wife and her creepy nerd boss to sneak him into so he can interrogate Rando. And then once he's inside, he only has a certain amount of time before the guards are going to come back. Well, the time runs out, 
and he just disappears and gets out of the room. So he just goes, poof, and he's gone. Uh, hey, dude, you, there's one door, and there's guards on the other side. You can't magic out of that. Brad. What about when he, when he, what about when he hypnotizes the rando assistant <laughs> to the lich using like a fire flash bomb? Like, poof, now you're hypnotized. Yeah. You have to say what I tell you to say. I will say what you want me to say. Like, no, you can't hypnotize someone through a flash of fire. Like, that's, you can't hypnotize someone. But, hey, that's, <laughs> but the nerdy guy has to be like, oh, he's hypnotized him. Because clearly the audience isn't going to know what No clue. Happened. It's like, oh, he just did something in his face and now he's talking to him. That's weird. Oh, hypnotize. Oh. Hypnotize. Write that down. I didn't like these two episodes. I, I really didn't. It was too dark no. and dour. Too much time was just spent focusing on Orwell's suffering. It was just bizarrely yeah. dark. I don't know. Yeah. The, I, the cape's the most fun when it's just idiotically goofy. Right. And when the, characters so. like Cosmo are appearing on the scene, and they're like, ah, I want the cape! Like, just ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, cape, don't try to be too real. Just just, just relax yeah. it. Oh. Although he did use the cape more in this episode. Yeah. Which I appreciate. He did indeed. I, I love it when um, it's near the end and like... Uh, Orwell in her dream world is at the wedding and um, her father comes to give her away and she's like, but where's my mother? The same place she's always been. Dun, and then, dun, dun. Well, then we see the white door, but and it may have just been my shitty television, but the, the white door was really fuzzy and I was like, wait, is Orwell's mother a salt lick? What's happening? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just see a big square, a block of white and I'm like, um... Brad wasn't wearing his glasses. The TV was fucking up and he thought, oh, this is a weird episode. <laughs> I just see... She's where she's always been and you just see Orwell look over at the giant white fuzzy block and I'm like... Well, um, here's here's something. Mm. They, they save Orwell. She wakes up. Here's one of two things because Max goes, welcome to the carnival of crime, Orwell. <laughs> hey, Max, she's been to the carnival before. Yeah. We've already established that she's met you and everyone else. Did no one else know she was Orwell? So they know no, I, they know that the cape has been is working with Orwell and the cape um is hanging around with this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, because when when they find out that she's this episode was filmed, they aired this out of sequence, I think. They do be. that sometimes and I think that they honestly did not air this correctly because the information is too sloppy uh-huh. to it has to be a mistake. They can't be that terrible in the writing <laughs> to forget completely. Well, I don't know. They've been well, building up. They've been building up this whole mystery of, of who's Orwell's father. And we get that oh revealed that was already revealed. But, oh, the second thing, Alex, when she wakes up in the Carnival of Crime, what do you think she sees? What's in the Carnival? What's, in the, what's under the big top, Alex? What's, what scares top? her? Yeah. Scales? No, because he's not. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> Hello, it's the love, salt, it's, it's me. the Salt Lake door. <laughs> Yeah, she um, sees the door from her dreams, and I'm like, she, it really freaks around and it's supposed to mean something. I'm like, what the fuck does the door mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's a door. Is your mom being held captive behind the door? Apparently. <laughs> Why is my mother being held behind a door? Her mother's chest. <laughs> oh, chest is a hermaphrodite. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's intersex. Weird. Like Kelly. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to choose to refer to him as a male because <laughs> I have that right as a regular man. <laughs> okay. Alex, we only have two more episodes. And then it's they, over, right? They have to explain the tarot card assassin league. They have to explain everything. And That's they have a lot. Two to episodes ask. left. That's a yeah. lot to ask, Jonathan. I'm scared. I just want the pyromaniac. They could literally forget every yes. other plot line. I just want the pyromaniac to be the nerdy lawyer. Oh, I want to be who the is kid. spurned. Who <laughs> is spurned by the wife, and he's like, "You bitch! I'm the pyromaniac." <laughs> What if it's an early lawyer and the kid, and they realize they have something in common? 
like he's Jerry, like, no like Jerry's so like, I'll help you. Jerry, Jerry is the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever seen them on the screen at the same time? My head hurts. Wow. <laughs> they would pull shit like that. <laughs> Like the last five minutes of the season finale are just like an animated cartoon of the cape like running back like with a Flintstones background for five fucking minutes. Yes. Why the hell not? Fuck you, audience. <laughs> All right, so we have two more episodes of the cape to look forward to. Um, keep watching, guys. Definitely. Indeed. I will say this really quick. Um, I've read some reviews online about this recent episode of Cape, like two or three different ones, and everyone liked this last episode of the cape. It's weird no. to hear you guys say something different. They're like, Cape's finally gotten into its own. I'd even say no. it's gotten good in this last episode as opposed no. to just campy and weird. No, no it was kind of boring. just as campy. Just boring. Yeah, it, it was very campy, though, because, like, bombastic music as the Lich pulls flowers out of a cemetery garden. <gasps> and then he has an assistant who keeps calling Orwell a whore. She's like, you're nothing but a whore. I'm going to kill you. I it's almost so forgot campy. my favorite what? moment is when um, Lich's assistant... Has uh, set the table for uh, drugged out Orwell yes! and the Lich to have dinner, and instead of flowers on the table, she's put lemons. And apparently, no. the Lich hates lemons. No, he <laughs> said, he said, I told you to put lilies on the table, not lemons, because apparently <laughs> they're the same thing. <laughs> God, All right. I, I think they do that to fuck with us on I purpose. They're it. like, how about this for a visual gag? <laughs> <laughs> lemons, and he throws everything. He has it's, a it's that classic. <laughs> it's, it's that classic British comedy convention: <laughs> lilies versus lemons. I told you lilies. You said lemons. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> chip, chip, pip, pip. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, Brad, I was going to uh, bring up uh, the fact that you two went to a musical event recently. Is this is this true? A musical event or the musical event? Oh, well, it could be when the you, musical event. You needed to clarify that, Jonathan. Yes, we recently went to go see Randy Newman in concert. Woo! Right outside Cincinnati in a place in between another city called Middleton. It's weird. Um... Jonathan, it was in a awesome. nowhere zone, a limbo town, <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Uh, it's a lot of things happened. A lot of strange drivers actually in the Middleton place. Yeah, but, um, Alex almost got killed. We almost got killed. You were, he would have gotten killed with me. I would have jumped. Brad would have jumped. He would have come after Jumps you. And rolled. Ah, I can roll. It was what weird. Was the, yeah. What was uh, the audience like at the Rainy Newman show? Like, what kind of crowd is that drawing? It was a mix, like a crazy yeah. mix. Every 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 walk of life was at this concert. A lot of people in your age range, nah. roughly. There was a, there was a fair amount. Oddly enough, Far some people I think I came with their parents. Some people were there for Randy Newman though in the younger set. But yeah. every, most, I'd say most of it was slightly older though. Now, did he do his more risque material? Like, did he stick to the older catalog, or was it more? I'm going to do the theme to Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, he didn't hold anything back. He did all the all the favorites, all the best ones. Oh, seriously. I mean, it was amazing. Who was it the was, opening act? It was, well, it was just Randy Newman. Um, well, unless you count the people <laughs> in the lobby as an opening act. Ooh. Oh, there was someone in the lobby? There was a lot of weird... No, I mean, they were just watching people. It, it was weird. It was strange. It was something that was a pretty neat coincidence, though, because, you know, I, we're in the city seeing Randy Newman. You know, it's awesome. Cannot freaking wait. Um, but while we're waiting, I, I recognize one of the presidents of a design company here in Cincinnati, a really big one called uh, LPK, walks in. I'm like, hey, that's one of the guys who owns LPK. That's a weird coincidence. My advice was Alex should go up and punch him in the face to show he's, <laughs> you know, he's he's not afraid. He can be dominant. Like, like Alex, <laughs> Alex, spread your butt cheeks, puff out your puff out your face, and he'll know. He'll know. But the, and I was like, well, that's really neat. So I, I text my friend who worked at LPK and was like, hey, one of the L's, one of the LPKs is here. Um, I think he's here. K maybe. Um, anyway, so we sit down 
and he sits right beside us. I was like, oh my God, this is great. And that's when Alex gets out his portfolio. Uh, here's some logo work that I've done. Here are some posters that I've I done. know you're here to see Randy, but let me just show you a few things. I think you'll like what you see. Sir, sir, please, please. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> no, it was funny. It was just neat. Um, but Randy Newman played all the hits. When he played, um, it was really hard to contain myself when he started playing Great Nations of Europe, which yes. may be my favorite Randy Newman song. And he himself on stage said, you know, I thought that'd be one of my best songs ever, but it's just too informative. Love it. It's fucking awesome. Brad, what is your favorite Randy Newman tune? Um, oh. <sighs> that he played in the concert, I should say. Oh, okay, that he played in the concert. If not Great Nations of Europe, probably Political Science. Political Science is awesome. Yeah. Blowing up the what's world. The song about, what's the song about basically taking off his clothes to have sex? You can leave the hat on? That's someone else taking their hat clothes off. He played that one. Okay. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I just remember... your arms in the air to shake them. Shake them. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, my that's, arms? It, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. Do it. Yeah. Keep the oh, hat on, it. though. Don't do it. Do it. Funny stuff. <laughs> it's cool if you leave the hat on. I just yeah, like he... the idea that at one point Randy Newman was writing songs about <laughs> well, <I'm... laughs> like ravaging whole ethnicities and also just, you know, Randy the Newman. hat on, waving your arms in the air. Randy Newman, an amazing commentary on just so many things. Indeed. Also, a lot of songs about various cities in the country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he did like, he he did, like all the city songs, I think. I think he, did he open with the Dayton, Ohio song? <laughs> he barely wrote Ohio. a song about Dayton, Ohio. It was, yeah. okay, that's Dayton, weird. Ohio. And then he, yeah. <laughs> it's close. I, and he did a Baltimore. on the porch. Baltimore. He did L.A.? Did LA. he play I Love It? Yeah, he no. did play I Love L.A. Wow. Oh, so many awesome. Jonathan, but some of the songs that he played... They were rednecks, which is one yeah, of my favorites. Indeed, because it really, I think, hits racism hard. I, but I mean, how did that? There's some serious language like, hey. dropped. Well, he just played it. He 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 set it up. He's like, hey, now look, guys, when I wrote this song, this is what it's about. This was responding to this event. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So oh, so there's a reason why I say nigger every other verse. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Just be prepared for that. Talk about, cool. about people in the audience. There was this broad sitting behind us. Oh, God. That almost got a fist to the face. Oh, when I started so hearing punching. her, I was uh, like, Brad's going to go crazy in a minute. She's going to be awkward. And it was only like the really, really big famous songs. She was singing along. Oh, no. And the thing is, she, she would start off just like kind of talk singing, which was bizarre. But then she would, then once I got, you know, she got into it, she would just like full out singing along. And I'm like, what is happening right now, Was bitch? no one else really doing that? No. Well, you can't. Like, in, a, in a concert where you, the music is blaring loud, um, you can do that. Because sure. you can't hear the person beside you, really, even when they're yelling. But, but in a Randy Newman concert? It's just him at a piano, right? It's yeah. Just a piano? Okay, okay. It's just bare, it's bare bones. Randy and his piano... Yeah, His voice, the sing. lyrics. It's you don't weird. want that person behind you singing. Yeah. And plus, there was a time when um, he said, "Anyone got any requests?" Which I was like, "Oh, Randy, why did you say that?" Because everyone's going to start yelling. Yeah. The rest of the show, it was like every time a song stops, people are queuing up to yell songs at him. Leave the hat on. Which I was kind of tempted. <laughs> Leave yeah, the hat on. There was one song that I was really hoping we'd get to hear, but we didn't. What, what did you want to hear? Um, There's some that I mean, that, and it was just the uh, and part of what compelled me was just I think it would be fun to yell. Um, Zygmunt Freud's impersonation of Albert Einstein coming to America. Zygmunt Freud's impersonation of Albert Einstein coming to America. You could have just said Freud. I heard Zygmunt Freud. Da -da 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 -da. Ah. Now there's a fan. <laughs> Starts just complaining. Come on up also here, sir. Come up on stage. <laughs> it was a very fun, just comfortable show. At one point, he stopped in the middle of a song and said, Am I in the wrong key? <laughs> Fiddle around, awesome. around the keyboard. He's like, oh, You know what? It is higher. I'm sorry, guys. Do -do -do -do. How old is he at this point? God, I have no idea. He has a 16-year-old daughter. 
Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. He crazy. told a story about how they went to some restaurant, and I guess she sat where he would normally sit or something, and it kind of, it was kind of unrest with the family. But she said something to him. I don't, again, I don't know why, but she said, you know, you're not that famous. <gasps> Nice. Like, well, how do you have a 16-year-old daughter? I know you Listen, are. Why, dad? Why is she a bitch? You're such a jerk, dad. Why don't you say, hey, I'm Randy Newman. Fuck you, bitch, and punch yeah. her in the mouth. When you're getting those Toy Story checks in the year 2089, <laughs> you can eat it. You can eat yeah. a big, raunchy one, okay? He also, it, sweetie? <laughs> he also tried to explain or just kind of surmise the plot to Toy Story before he played <laughs> the song You Got a oh, Friend no. in Me. Which was hilarious. It was really funny. Because, again, I haven't seen Toy Story. <laughs> But I, I do know enough to know that his summary was awesomely hilarious. Just drastically off, like not like he maybe hadn't seen it himself. He's like, all right, well, uh, I play this song and it's really great. But then they interrupt it with his dog. I don't know. And then like when I come back, because I didn't watch it, um, <laughs> there's a, the, the uh, spaceman doll is like in a dress. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to say. I and think it's a drunk? little too far. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he's gay. It's cool. It should be, you know, he's like, Randy, what are you talking about? <laughs> they interrupt me for a dog. I don't know. And then I come he was, back. He was and... really funny. Yeah, he was great. Huh. I, uh. I had a I had some similar experiences at the concert I went to. You went to a I, concert? Yeah, it's the second concert I've actually ever been to in my life. Wow, which is what just was it? strange. I went to go see Josh Ritter, who I'm a really big fan of, and for some reason, every fucking time I told someone, "Hey, I'm going to go see the Josh Ritter concert," I ran into all these people who were like, "Oh, really? I don't like Josh Ritter. What is with people?" Can we just sideline? What is with people? <laughs> no matter what choices you fucking make in life, why are there those people who just go, oh, really? You chose to do that? I wouldn't have chosen to do that. You know what I would have chosen to do? This thing. This thing would have been my choice. Good for you! <laughs> uh-huh. Guess what? That band isn't in Chicago. They're not in Chicago. You don't get to make your choice, okay? You're just mad because you don't get to go see the person you want to see. Sorry. Just, I hate it when people do that. Like, oh, Josh Ritter? I don't like Josh Ritter. I would rather see this part. I I don't care. Oh, you're on Twitter? Ugh, I don't like Twitter. I like Facebook. Don't care. I've been wronged. I think I've been wronged. Where is the justice? (laughs) Once again, Jonathan has been wronged. But to get back to the concert. To get back to the concert. I I feel you on that comment, though, Jonathan, because it seems like there are certain... I'm meeting more and more people because there's the people who are, you know, normal folks. It's like, oh, you went to a Randy Newman concert. That's cool. Instead of being like, who the fuck is Randy Newman? Or why would you do that? Like getting oddly resentful. Resentful? Like just think, like, yeah. oh, why would you do that? Why? Why? I think we call those people assholes, maybe? Yeah, those are assholes. People who, I guess, confuse or get emotions mixed up with personal opinion to a weird level. Well, yeah. it's like... And for some reason with music, that happens more oh, often it's, than it's with movies or television. Because music, to me, is easily the most subjective thing that you could ever talk about. Absolutely. So if you don't agree, that's the end of the conversation. Like, don't argue about it. Don't debate. Just shut up. And I found myself in a fucking argument about it. And I thought, oh, this is <laughs> radically pointless. Why am I trying to argue? Like, why am I trying to create a defense for who I'm going to go see? This is ridiculous. But anyway, they were calling out... This crowd was, you know, decidedly not so much mixed. Like, the age range was pretty much the same. Although there was a Nana there, I think. Like, a little 60-year-old, like a Nana. Like, oh, I've come to see the concert. <laughs> she, oh, she was like four foot three. I was like, oh, you're not going to be able to see... <laughs> I hope there's a I hope there's a balcony seat that you can go to. I love Josh Ritter, um, but they the opening act was the lead singer of this band called Frightened Rabbit, and people kept he was like he was like do you, does anybody want to hear any uh, songs? And people would be like throwing out suggestions, and after a while, this guy just kept saying, "Don't leave the stage." <laughs> 
don't go. No. And he's like, well, I have to, I have to leave at some point. I, I'm trying to do Scottish, but I'm just going to go with British because he's Scottish. And these girls were in front of me. And every time he spoke, they're like, oh, my God, he's Scottish. Oh, my God, he's Scottish. He's so hot. I have no idea who he is, but he's so hot. He's Scottish. And then the guy left so Josh Ritter eventually could come on because that's the reason we're all fucking there. I literally hear this girl go, so who are we watching again? Who is that? Am I going to like him? <laughs> well, bitch, you already here, so I hope you do like him. Because really, you just spent $30 on a ticket for a guy you know nothing about. <laughs> I wonder if that's a, a way more common occurrence than I thought it was. Because I went to a show in um, Louisville that was just a, a comedy show. What well, was a comedy show slash concert it, uh, for Tim and Eric? Oh, okay, sure you guys okay. heard of Tim and Eric Awesome Show, right? Yeah. Um, crazy, hilarious show. I guarantee you half the people there had no idea what they were there for. That's not something you walk into, Cole. No. You have to have well, some sort of no, dip dude, in. I'm telling you this because half the people seem to be into it, and half the people seem like just hipsters who just came to this place every weekend no matter what was going Ugh. on. It's just Always like, good. I'm a hipster. I hang out here. That's what I do. Oh, 60 bucks a ticket? That's cool. Whatever. Who is this? I don't fucking care. Like, it was like, who are you people? You can just do this? How do hipsters have this much money? Oh, they do, because if you ever want to see a lot of red and black plaid, just go to a Josh Ritter concert. So much red and black plaid, so many, like, winter caps perched atop people's heads so that they're not really on your head. They're just kind of pulled back. Like, hey, buddy, pull your hat down over your head. I hate to be the grandpa in the room, but stop it. (laughs) Also, which of you are disaffected and shy, and which of you are disaffected, shy, and gay? Because I can't tell the difference anymore. Like, oh, man, I'm just so shy and disaffected. This is going to be great, but, man, I'm sad. As opposed to, man, this is going to be great, but I'm sad and I love cock. Like, (laughs) where's the difference? Where's the line? (laughs) You need to know this, Jonathan. I'm sure there were quite a few attractive gentlemen at this show. Uh, there were, there was also a, uh, a cat fight. There was also a a kitty cat fight. Because at one point, the back half of the theater got really restless. Like, the front half, they were completely into it. Like, not talking. Like, he's singing, we have to pay attention. The back half was like, like an Applebee's. (laughs) Like, everyone in the back was just talking. You could hear, like, drinks clinking. Like, people were doing toasts. Those hipsters, man. Then at one point, you just hear this conversation between two, like, because it was a really quiet song. And in between each lyric during the silence, you would just hear, shut the fuck up. I said, shut the fuck up. And then you would hear Josh Ritter sing like a lyric or two. And then you'd hear, well, I don't fucking get, get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face, you stupid bitch. And it's like, wow, really nice, calming, peaceful song. And then at one point you just hear, this is my fucking favorite song, you stupid cunt. Get the- <laughs> like, wow. Ay, ay, ay. And then eventually it stopped because I think they basically strangled that girl and was like, if you don't fucking shut up, we will trample you to death. That's when the mob mentality comes in pretty well, okay? I, I can I mean, appreciate that about a concert audience. Like, they don't put up with your bullshit. Like, if you're an asshole, they're going to be like, I will kick your ass. Because everyone paid the same amount of money. Don't be a fucking douchebag. Don't be an asshole. Just get over it. Be adults. Jonathan, you, you said kitty cat fight, and I, I need to throw this in. My patio has turned into <laughs> fight club for cats. <laughs> Every night this week, I have to go ahead and break up a fight. Mm. Yeah, the first rule of meow meow is right, that guys, you don't talk here. about meow meow. It's so loud. They're like, <laughs> and like every fucking, I don't know what's happening. You go out with your broom. All yes. right, get out of here. Oh, I've got, well, I've got you a broom. You actually hear like claws retracting like, <laughs> with your nightcap. And your... I'm like, 
damn you cats how many cats at one time like just one-on-one or like an it's, like yeah, a it just fight seems to be just one-on-one but it's always different cats <laughs> <laughs> okay where are we gonna meet for the brawl let's go meet at that guy's apartment <laughs> every and the thing is like I'm, I'm on like the ground level so my patio is like actually like down like it's uh below ground kind of right. so they're like jumping down into the pit to, <laughs> oh it's the pit for them yeah and they're having little cat fights cat Weird. fight club my apartment what the hell you just need to accept it and just start charging them. That's like, listen, cats, if you're going to fight, you're going to have to pay me a little bit off top. What are you, what are you not seeing? Because I'm sure they hear you coming to the door like, we got to get out of here. There's like <laughs> are you sure they're not fucking? The ledge. They could be Because fucking. No, cat fucking are, sounds weird. Trust. They oh, are okay. fighting. I've walked in. I'm like, damn it, cats. And I'm. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard Brad say. Damn it, cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting to find a dead cat on my patio any oh. minute now. Oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> a dead cat and then like a dead bird beside it. She says the thank you. It's like, hey, I'm sorry, but I did. <laughs> there's a dead cat and then there's a cat like 40 yards away and he just looks at Brown and goes, he lost. Yes. He was my friend. His name was Devin. <laughs> we were brothers. <laughs> and I killed him. He's like wearing a red leather jacket. <laughs> I'm a big cat. I want to see like a big fat cat versus like a kitten. Just see what happens. Because the kitten's going like to have agility. alive. <laughs> I have experience. I have youth. <laughs> Isn't that what all fights are about? I have experience. I have youth. <laughs> nice. It's all gladiator fights. That's all how it all comes down. Um, Brad Alex, uh, I would like to do uh, an exercise because this this exercise is based on a story of all right a recent experience. I I went to uh, an audition. It was for a George M. Cohen review. <laughs> Uh, a review of the music of George M. Cohen, because I'm sure that's what we all want to go and pay to see. And I, I went in, and the audition was led by three people. There was the director, the music director, and the pianist. <laughs> and combined, I, I there were just a lot of really strange moments and experiences. So uh, would, you, would you like to help me out here in kind of maybe recreating some of this? Oh, this sounds fun. Why not? Okay. Sure, Definitely. So, Brad, Alex, you're you're both auditioning. You're you're both you don't know each other, but you're both auditioning for uh, my latest production, which is a re- uh, review of George M. Cohen. Let's just go with that. All right. So oh, you'll you'll be bringing in. Wow, the competition is fierce already. I can I can appreciate that. Okay, okay. Art. Now, Brad, Alex, you'll all you'll both have to choose sixteen bars of a, an appropriate song, uh, a, a song that fits in with the style of the show that we will be producing. Yes. All right. And uh, let's see. Okay, let's... Uh, uh, Brad, since your last name is Couples, we will go alphabetically. I'm sorry, Alex. Okay, uh, it's fine. not a preference. It's just a, you know, it's a choice. It's a way of going about it. Uh, so, Brad, uh, if you'd like to go over and introduce yourself to our, our pianist and show him your music. Sure. Oh, oh, hi. Hi, Brad. Hi. Hi, hi. Um, this is my music here. Uh, so I just thought... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. What is this from? Oh, it, it, this, is, uh, this is my... This is from... Uh, Happy Butterfly Musical. Musical. Uh, yeah, but is it from the original show, Happy Butterfly, or is it from some sort of review? Because <laughs> this music's weird. Uh, oh. <laughs> just, it's just music. It's, it's my music. I'm, I'm gonna sing it. Oh, okay. How well, is it weird? Uh, 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 please, sir, please. Uh, oh, I'm, so, I'm just. Hold. I'm sorry. This is my time. We will, get, we will get to you, Mr. Green. You're the only two people auditioning today. Uh, we have oh, wow, 16 okay. roles to fill, yet we only had two people sign up. 
And uh, please, uh, back to you, uh, Mr. Pianist. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I will. I will play your music. Just know that in the future, you should probably get the original music because this is really this is weird. I don't usually play this kind of thing. Okay. So I'm gonna uh, pass it over to the director and the music director. One of them is gay, and the other one is really gay. So you decide which one is which. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Cupcake, whenever you're ready, please just start, go, go, go. Whenever you're ready. Hi, uh, Horatio Alphonse at number one. Uh, I'll be singing uh, uh, excuse um, The Happiest me, I Butterfly. Just had, <clears throat> please, please, please. I just had uh, a question. Where is your uh, resume? You handed your resume and headshot to our stage manager, correct? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. That's funny because they're not stapled together. In the future, staple your resume and headshot, please. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay. Right. I'd, like to, I'd like to say that I, I did staple mine. Shut the together. fuck up. This is my time to shine. Well, I don't see much shine. Mr. Yet. Green. Mr. Green. I appreciate your candor and your friendliness. But please, this is Mr. Couples' time. Or what? I'm sorry. What's your stage name? What's my stage, stage name is Horatio Alphonse. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I'd like, to, I'd like to say that I'm sorry that I've helped the show so much. I just, Are you still speaking? I just really... I just really appreciate this opportunity. I, I'll be quiet. Now. I just want my time okay. to be beautiful. He needs, look, look any time, dear. Any time. shining up here on the stage. Look at that guy. He has not even begun. Please, Brad. Whenever the you're... happiest butterfly in the world is the Okay, please, please stop. One second. A uh, quick note. Remember, this is a cabaret show, so I want you to play to your audience. Don't ju- don't look out at some nebulous sort of nether region middle distance. So this isn't fake town theater USA. This is a fucking review, okay? So please, just, okay, start from the top. Start from the top. Would it help if you looked at me and sang to me? The happiest butterfly in the world is the... <laughs> oh God! What okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, 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 Brad. If you could, a uh, ratio, I should say. Uh, just ratio wait until phones. we've seen everyone, and then we'll call who we'd like to stay. Thank you so, so much. So just, oh, you're very welcome. Please, sit, please sit. All right, uh, Mr. Green, Mr. Oh, yes, Green. Yes. Hi, hi. Very nice to meet you. Aren't you a tall glass of water? Interesting. Yeah. Do you like the top hat? I wore it especially I, for the show. I like wearing I top hats. It, it's very much in the style. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so uh, what will you be singing today? Oh, I'll be singing the most magnificent butterfly in the world. Radically inappropriate song. That oh. is not in keeping with the style of the show. Uh, I feel that is a mistake on your part, but if you choose to go with oh, that. That's odd. Well, um, I, I mean, I have other songs I can sing. No, um, I mean, oh, oh, you haven't. I'm so sorry. You haven't even handed your music to the penis. Please go over and speak to the penis. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello there. Oh, now Hi. this music. See, Mr. 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 Horatio, this is the music you should have used. Yeah. This is the original Happy Butterfly music. I was going to try to tell you before the show because I saw your music. I was like, he's got the wrong music, but you told me to shut the fuck up. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, everyone. This I can play. This is going to be very delightful for me. Okay, well, please I, go back on I'm stage. I'm glad you like it. Okay, so you <laughs> will be singing an inappropriate no, 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 no. song. Are you warming up? Have you? Are you not? Oh, I'm sorry. Up? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Then, whenever you're ready, whenever you are ready. All right. Why must the loneliest butterfly in the? Please stop. It's dishonest. It's dishonest, is what it is. I'm sorry. Why? I is need it you to. Uh, you're you're playing the cheese. You're oh. playing the cheese, and I need you to give me something true. Well, like I want apple. you to. I want you to tone it down. What? Okay, toning it Are down. you being smart with me? No, sir. I'm trying to follow directions, sir. Be less smart, be more dumb. Do you know what okay. I'm saying? Maybe. I don't know. Mr. Horatio, please. Please, please. You had your time in the sun, and it did not work out for you. 
But who knows? You might get called back. So you're going to have to watch everyone else audition. We don't know. Alex, please right. start, but be honest. Give us, give us something true. Why must the loneliest butterfly in the world be the saddest butterfly in the world? Do you know the words? Um, you seem to stumble just then. <laughs> Would My you like apologies. to try again? Yeah, take please. the tempo up and jazz it up a little bit. Make it faster and make it jazzier. Really? Okay. Whenever you are ready. Whenever you are ready. Why must the loneliest butterfly in the world? Yeah. Oh. Be the happiest butterfly in the world. <sighs> all right, that's oh, that's all I had prepared. I, I, well, that's sorry. wonderful. Thank you very much. I had a question. Uh, on your resume, it says you are listed as being proficient in African and tap dance. Are you? Which one are you more proficient in? Probably African. Wrong answer, little boy. Oh. Wrong answer. <laughs> Too late. Too late. Okay, let us, uh, we will, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Brad, Brad, Alex, if you could both go on stage. I thought his name was Alphonse. Horatio Alphonse. Horatio. Horatio. Uh, Alex, do you have a stage name by chance? No, you can just call me Alex. Oh, no, good. You're being true me. to yourself. Being You're true being to true heart. to yourself. Brad, Horatio, I don't know who you are. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Oh, we both what? didn't get it? No, I'm sorry. Oh, Brad, no. you leave. Alex, you stay. You know we want to talk to you for a few you minutes. You know what? You stay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's both leave together. Well, right. We need to cast someone. We have 16 parts. You can't both okay. leave. Sorry. Then keep me. But He's can... out. <laughs> Done. Done. Alex, leave. You <laughs> stay. Theater is a cutthroat world, children. Theater is a cutthroat world, and you gotta I, grab what like you can get. I'd like to thank you for the opportunity, and I, I wish you luck on your part. And I will definitely come see the show, maybe twice, because I think it's really fun and cool. Bye. That is literally the audition I had. That is literally the audition. <laughs> so it was I had. two people in the room with you. Three people. No, first of all, everyone was auditioning in the same room. All twenty of us watching each other audition as if we were a cabaret audience. Look at the audience. Um, that's not an audience. Those are douchebags trying to get my part. I don't want to sing to them. <laughs> no, sing to them. Be true. Be honest. Uh, one guy actually had African and tap on his resume, and the gay-ass music director said, are you better at African or tap? And he said, African. And the guy literally goes, wrong answer, little boy. <laughs> what if he was really great at both, but slightly better at African? <laughs> I have 16 years of each, uh, but I feel African's my thing. Mm-mm. Done. Nope. Sorry. And the musical, the pianist, said my music was weird <laughs> what was weird like, about it it was from a review it was the song was from the king and i the king and i the music's not going to be that different it's the same melody it's the same backing and he's like uh he said the word weird like it was going to be taken out of the lexicon like oh tomorrow i can't use this word today i have to use it weird you would choose this weird song weirdly it, and then after i sung weirdo. it he told me again how weird could it be it was just an alternate, like, it was just a little more flourished, like, a little fancier, like, kind of like a more of a piano bar arrangement, yeah. I guess. But if he was a pianist, he could play that. He could right? play it, and he did play it. He did fucking play it. Well, that's what and, just being uh, bitchy in a weird way. I guess he was saying, like, don't take this to other pianists because they might not be able to play it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get the elementary school version. Maybe he liked you and said, hey, you know what, kid? I'm going to uh, give you a tip. No. You may not want to take this out to other people. Look, I you know play, who I liked me. the original. I only play the original. Please leave. I was going to say, no, the person who liked me is a guy who doesn't even realize that he knows me. And that's the music director who said things like, 
little boy, and oh, you didn't staple your resume to your headshot. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. What? Seriously? What? You, you can't like keep track of two pieces of paper? Two? You can't keep track of that? But this guy, when I first moved to Chicago, I met this old fart queer at a cast party for a show I wasn't even in. And he saw me and he locked onto me like a grandpa with a boner. He looked at me and he was like, oh, hello there. Time out. Aren't Time you out. cute? Time out. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm familiar with that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, like, uh, grandpa, grandpa with a boner? boner? He locked onto me like a grandpa with a boner. Oh, grandpa's boners are always locking on. Always grandpa, locking. I don't want that boner. Rod. It's weird. Grandpa, stop being a silly goose. Grandpa, what? Stop. He tickled my tummy. Oh, what? That's uh, all I'm saying. At the like cast party stage? at one point, he oh. goes, no, at the cast party, mid, like over a year and a half ago, he was like, aren't you just adorable? And he like tickled my tummy like I was the Pillsbury twink boy. And I didn't fucking appreciate it. I was terrified that that meant something else. Yeah. <laughs> did you giggle like the Pillsbury twink boy? I did not. I barely, I was painfully smiling like, ah, oh boy, I don't need to be with someone over the age of 50 again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not back. go down that Cub Scout trail again. Again, so it's happened twice. Twice. I made a mistake once. I'm not going to do it again. Because he would have been like, right? let me buy you dinner. Let me pay your rent. What, what did you say, Alec? I'm kidding. <laughs> or have you found a type? <laughs> oh, God. I'm kidding, yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> because they, oh, they, want, they want people like that. They're, they want their boyfriends to be 22 years old, and they want to be 58 and they want to be like, oh, let me groom you. Let me mold you. Like, no, 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 no. I do it just fine. It. I can make you a star. But he didn't realize who I was. Love you. <laughs> I love you. You've barely known me. Look at that tummy. Oh, look at that little tummy. Stop it. <laughs> this is weird. But I, on stage, uh, they didn't interrupt me. They didn't interrupt me to do anything like they did with other people. Like, they did stop a guy and be like, um, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Also, you're off pitch, so what's with that? I'm like, God, you guys are being <laughs> faggy wow. jerks. Just let them sing, and if they're bad, don't cast them. Why do you have to be faggy jerks about it? Um, but during my audition, oh. I just wanted to stop and go, oh, and by the way, uh, you know me, and you wanted to suck my dick. <laughs> so, see ya. Later. And then I went don't to go buy it. milk, because the audition was in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, do you remember the audition we had for Annie Get Your Gun? Um. I've never heard you guys talk about your audition process in high school. I always love hearing those stories because they're very strange. Auditions in high school are bizarre. The thing that was weird about Any Get Your Gun is the fact that we were all there and we had auditioned, but then at the last minute, this one girl came in from nowhere, horrible, could not sing, could not act, but she was straight up from the country. So I think they, like, humored her as the part of Annie and Any Get Your Gun. Cherith? No, not Cherith. Cherith got it. Oh. This girl was some other oh, girl. Oh, okay, okay, in the audition. Okay, I thought you meant she got the part. <laughs> they were humoring her. They and she the got the part. <laughs> like, oh, and that person was Cher. No, of course it wasn't Cher. Right, that's what I thought. Okay, sorry. I love that you're talking about a woman named, what is it? Cherith. Oh, Cherith. Oh, okay. It's not Cherish. It's not Charity. <laughs> it's a what little bit of both. What was so weird is I don't understand why they let her read for that as much as she did. Because she read with like well, the other people, like John and them, like the people who were going to get cast in these parts. Well, I, I think the thing is you want to give... If she was coming in the last minute, they probably just want to make sure she had enough to read. She got a, a fair go of it. <laughs> in a democratic yeah, so. society, everyone gets the chance to fail miserably and then not be cast. Um, you can definitely tell that she was not, not Annie. At the callback for my high school production of The Miracle Worker, 
in which I ultimately played a slave. <clears throat> uh, during okay. that callback, I should say, uh, our inept director was like, okay, I want you to all pretend that you're blind and deaf. I want you to explore the space, but I want you to pretend as if you're blind and deaf. And we did that for maybe 20 minutes. It was basically nice. viewpoints in a city where no one had ever heard of it. I want to say the worst audition I ever had was uh, in college for The Diviners. They brought in like a guest director and it was like a high school theater teacher that they were letting direct for some mm. reason. And she was very much a high school teacher. So she wanted to give everyone a chance to read any parts they wanted. And if you didn't get to, if you didn't get to read a part you wanted to, just ask and you can read for it. This also mm. led to just people randomly reading things in which one point I was reading the part of a young boy. <laughs> Um, of the, the uh, like a young optimistic child and so you know I had fun with it and I read it as a wow look gee willikers opti- I'm an optimistic child <laughs> and then I got cast as the fun loving optimistic <laughs> child yeah you were a teenager in the show yeah how yeah, old were I was you supposed to be like 15 no, I, was like, I, was, I think no I think it was probably like 10 to 12 what I had no idea you were supposed to play because like young. Warren's character was like the older guy that was trying to get with girls for the first time oh yeah and I was and uh I was and no, I was trying to get with girls, and he was trying to help me because I was the young, awkward kid that had trouble getting with girls. You were really supposed to be like twelve, I think so. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Because at the time, like I remember watching, I was like that older than thinking, everyone in the cast. Well, Warren, for God's sake, was how old was Warren when you did that show? Yeah. He didn't look anything like not even a high school senior for fuck's sake. Oh, ridiculous. Warren looked that looked Warren looked like the guy like who would pretend to be in high school. Like I'm in high school. <laughs> Like, yeah. No, no. It's like, John, I, st- I stole your part. <laughs> you should have played that. No, I should have played the retard in The Diviners because for those listening at home, The Diviners is about a uh, a young retard who likes to think that he can divine water. I should have played that part. I'm a retard. Yeah. I should have played that part. You should have. You, oh, you I should've... remember who played that part now. Yeah. Yep. You should have played any role in that show. I should have played a lot of roles in a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was insane. Uh, Brad really... wrote a show that I should have been in, but I wasn't Definitely. in it. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. How did Jonathan not get cast in that? That's a good question. <laughs> Bizarre time. Because I, well, just as Brad was cast as a teenager, I think the director of the show Brad wrote wanted me to be a father. That director was oh, like, yeah. oh, I see Jonathan as a father. Really? Do you? Yeah. You see I me raising that, a yeah. child? Okay. <laughs> did You, you got you called back, fatherly. didn't you? I got called back, but the parts I read for, I think yeah, I only insane. read for the father. Oh. I, and there was a character who was like a 16-year-old kid. And that's, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's my type, especially back then. Yeah. My type has maybe changed by three years. Now I play that, like, oh what, my God. 18 year olds That would have been so awesome if you would have played that part. It really would have been. Like, I, the thing was, like... I mean, the guy who played it did a, a good job for what he did. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was like, he did it, and there you go. Yeah. There you go. That was that casting for that was so weird because like every turn of the road it was like everyone that she wanted I was like what you know that's absolutely wrong you don't know what you're doing please stop oh god no everything well to be fair this was also the show where you had to have secret rehearsals yeah <laughs> where it's we like had oh, secret rehearsals the show is sinking into the quicksand throw it a vine throw it a vine <laughs> oh my god it was insane like that was oh my not as crazy as last French Fest well but crazy nonetheless. <laughs> Oh God! I remember you talking about that on the show. Woof. Stalkers. Uh, please take your have. please take your laptop with you when you please leave the stage. Uh, my character would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun, guys. It's been great. Sadly, I'm going to have to leave you. What? What? Obligations call. Here. Alex, we just got started. Um, how, <laughs> how will we carry on without you? You've done it before. You have you have experience. Yeah, but you we were, were dead. dead then. 
<laughs> you were stealing your stuff, and we were rich, and we weren't rich anymore. Why do you have that? Well, why do you I, have that I've rucksack? Risen, and now I'm a, like that little handkerchief tied to a stick that you're putting over your shoulder. Don't look at that, Jonathan. Okay, first you it's leave just, us through death, and now you're just leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I just can't finish recording this episode. With are you, you going? Are you going to follow Randy Newman on on the tour? Why would I be uh, Randy and a Randy Alex Bodie? going on tour? I mean, it's not like it's my dream or anything or something I've always wanted and have an opportunity to do. Gonna be exciting. Not gonna be a bore. Doodly do. Oddly enough, <laughs> I'm heading to Baltimore. Actually, I do have a friend who's going to Baltimore soon. All right. Well, Alex, get out. Just get out. Yeah. Good luck with the show, guys. Get out. I will definitely catch up with you on episode 54. Um, but yeah, tell everyone about Charles. Do your thing. Good luck. We don't need you. I will remember you. I wish you would step back from that bus, <laughs> my friend. Well, Brad, I think I think you know what time it is at this point. It is now that we've gotten rid of that riffraff. Uh, yeah. He lost. He lost last week, so now he's off the show. I think he's just mad. I think he's upset that he lost last uh, week. Yeah, I think. He, well, I think he's ashamed, and I think he's taking that out on the show, which isn't healthy. Uh, as our listeners will remember, uh, and of course, this is our Charles in Charge segment, so turn the lights down low. Maybe light a fire Ooh. or a glass of wine. Get in your closet. And, yeah, yeah. get in the closet, maybe play a game of Go Fish. I don't know why that's sexy. Like in this segment, we time each other on episode summaries. Brad, what, what episode will you be summarizing? Today? I will be talking about Slumber Party. Ooh, Slumber Party. Okay, well, I, whenever you are ready, I am ready with my stopwatch on this end. So, All right. You good to go? Okay. <sighs> okay. On the count of three. One, two, go. In this episode, we find Charles and Gwendolyn are having a terrible fight. Why? Because she ate lettuce at an ice cream parlor, and apparently that pisses Charles off because he can't deal with that. He's a little crazy. She's a little crazier. Who knows? But he's sworn off women. He doesn't want to be around any women. He's done with them. None. But it's Lila's slumber party and all of her wacky friends are coming, including Christina Applegate, the crazy cheerleader, and Enid, the crazy girl who might want to fuck a horse. This would be fine because Charles and Buddy are going out. It's no problem. They'll just get out of the house. Well, too bad. Miss Pembroke's been called away because the aunt needs help that she can only get from a woman. I don't know what that means. Maybe she's having a hysterectomy. I don't know. It's a little scary. Maybe she's afraid of Mr. Pembroke's advances. I don't know, but we're going to find out. In the end, Charles learns something from the girls about opening up with his feelings and sharing, and they learn a little bit about growing up. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, So close. So close. I'm afraid your final time was one minute, one second, and point one seconds. Ah! One point, one point one. Damn it! Oh, you were. I, I was like, oh, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry, Brad. Pansies. For now, for now, let's just let's get past your your disappointing failure. I'm a failure. And let's discuss Slumber Party now. Who who does Christina Applegate play? I had no idea she was even. Yeah, in this I didn't even catch it till this time, and I ha- it happened to be on the DVD menu, and I was like, what? She is the one that um is on the phone. And Lila's like, I'm going to tell him that you like him. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they ensnare Charles in the telephone cord yeah. in a bizarre bit of French farce physical comedy. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. This is also the episode where I, and I don't know if we've seen it to this to this level as much, the strange close-up 
Oh yeah, there. Yeah, Charleston Charge does implement a lot of extreme close-ups, and it's especially really, during yeah. fragile or uh, sentimental moments. Yeah, a little heartfelt. Yeah, moment. yeah, that's a good word. You, uh, we get these weird close-ups that it's like, whoa, why are we all up on this person's face? Well, this this episode more than the ones we've seen really wants to make you understand its message to a point. Where I'm like, okay, I, I think I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, we're Pretty sure that men and women should respect each other. Whereas, like, uh, this, it's kind of crazy what the game they're trying to throw, but I gotta say, like, I really, really love this episode. It's Yeah, it's a it's a good episode. I, I, I can't really understand Charles' fury over the salad. That Why would you get mad that Gwendolyn orders a salad? Yeah, um, first of all, what the hell kind of ice cream parlor is this that sells salads? Uh, it seems, it seems like that's something you would see now, but even so. You're not gonna go to Ben and Jerry's and say, "Can I get the Can I get the Caesar?" Yeah, like, can I get, can I get the Cobb? <laughs> if they have that kind of variety, I assume they're probably also selling just meals. Which, in which case, this is a restaurant and not an ice cream parlor at all. <laughs> well, in any case, Charles is absolutely furious, right? To a point where I almost think he's making a bigger deal out of it so he can try to get out of something. Yeah, like, oh, I need a reason. Oh, I need a reason to get out of this. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of stuff happening just under the surface with this relationship. Yeah, I. So they they take a kind of a pseudo break because of that situation, right. and Charles convinces Buddy to not go out and rape random unsuspecting <laughs> women for one night. For one night, one special night, so they can go bowling. I think is the activity they settle upon. Yeah, they're just gonna uh, they're gonna go hetero out. You know, no gay well, shit. At one point. Well, at one point, he's like, well, maybe we can go to the movies, Charles. What's what's playing at the movie theater? And Charles says, women in love, which is the most random <laughs> of the moment movie they could have referenced. Because that's a movie written by Larry Kramer, who would go on to be like an AIDS activist and a, a major gay playwright. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, was women in love really in the theater at the time? It must have been. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also the episode where Charles references the brothers Karamazov. Nice. And I thought, wow, this this show's really banging out the references today. Also, uh, just to throw this out there, this episode originally aired on November 14th, 1984, four days before my first birthday. Damn. Yes. And I was not even, nope, nope, not a physical specimen at that point. It's crazy. I was in limbo floating with the spirits of the other babies. <laughs> not yet formed, not yet formed. Oh. Uh, okay. So we've got, so we've got Mr. Pembroke. And the two boys are going to visit uh, their aunt. Is it Aunt Jackie? Yeah, yeah, it's Aunt Jackie, I think. Aunt Jackie or Aunt Jill, something like that. Is that a character we'll ever actually see? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, so what I'm confused about is that, you know, when Lila was going to go on her survival weekend with all the girls, Douglas tried to sneak off to that. But for some reason, he's not interested in the slumber party. Probably because he's been reading a Zen book. (laughs) What, what are hormones? What is sex, young disciple? Uh, I, I, I kind of enjoy Jason leaping out <laughs> of the house to kill Douglas. Yeah, the rage what is... What is pain? <laughs> oh, little Jason, so quick to rage. Oh, and then Mrs. Pembroke leaves because, <laughs> as you said, Aunt Jackie is, or Aunt Jill is having women problems? Something a man wouldn't understand. What? What? what does that mean? I either either she's having a hysterectomy at that second, <laughs> or Mr. Pembroke is um, pushing some unwanted advances towards her. I, I have to sell my body so I can afford an abortion. 
Yeah. I'm having a I'm having a coat hanger abortion. I need your help, sis. Is this you know who's well I guess it probably is I guess it's probably Mr. Pembroke's sister. I guess. Uh I suppose. Because he, why would he why would he go visit I can't imagine going to visit his his wife's sister. Well, hello there. My <laughs> wife's sister. You look so much like my wife. I could see Mr. Pembroke pulling that. <laughs> look, I'm a rich, um, powerful man. I bang my I bang my wife's sister. What? Charles, I'm 35 years old, and I've never fucked the sister of my own wife. Do you know what I'm saying, Charles? I love it. I think you're saying you want to pork your sister. Good Basically job. your sister-in-law. <laughs> Good job, Charles. Um, so, yeah, Charles and Buddy are left to take care of the 47 <sighs> eighth graders Ooh. who are staying over at Lila's house. Ooh. And I love, we, get, we get the crazy cheerleader girl back, which is awesome. She's great. Love her. Hi, Charles. Give me a kiss. You're cute. <laughs> if I was two years older, I would fuck you. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm going to put something in your drink later tonight and bang you. <laughs> Yay, Charles. Oh, she would do that. Yeah, uh, she would. Well, they're all bringing over the most disgusting foods. They keep saying fudge weedles. Fudge weedles. I brought fudge weedles. <laughs> what are fudge weedles? That, that's gross. It's horrible. You girls should be eating that. You're going to get diabetes by the end of this night. Seriously, like, there are so, so many bags of food. Like, what's oh. happening? Bowls of popcorn, lots of baked goods. These girls are not going to feel well in the morning. Mm, no, not at all. Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, long weekend. <laughs> but, like, um, like uh, Miss Pembroke says, like... As she's leaving, she's like, look, let them do whatever they want. This is their night, as long as there's no property damage. Like, bitch, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound like there's a lot of shit they can get into. No, they're not going to get into anything. They're just going to look at that one poster of that guy who I don't recognize. Uh, Yes, who is that? They freak. Well, later, a little later, they say, I brought a Duran Duran tape that we can watch. And I'm sitting there going, okay, was that guy from Duran Duran? Was that really a band that all the girls were freaking out about? I don't oh. think they were. Not in that way. They act like it's New Kids on the Block or something. Well, New Kids on the Block didn't exist yet. Ah, damn it. They needed something, so they turned to Duran Duran. I was but a year old. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I knew not of the NKOTV. <laughs> uh, well, of course, none of the girls really stand out. They they don't really get a lot of character moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina Applegate has the, the phone French farce comedy. Yeah. But and really just- only one of them stands out. Yeah, that's a special little lady that I'm glad we finally met. Her name is uh, Enid. Enid. Uh, when we first see Enid, she has these large bags filled with stuffed animals, and they go, Enid, did you bring all of your horses? And she goes, no, only the female ones. Enid's like a weird version. Like, she's a combination of the Adams family and Green Acres. Yeah, I love Enid. She's uh, because- so weird. So what do you think's up with Enid? Is she a lesbian? <laughs> she's got a lot of issues. A lot of issues. I I think she thinks she's a horse. (laughs) Because when she gets angry, she goes... (laughs) Which really scares the shit out of Buddy and Charles. As it should. As it should. Well, they walk into Charles' room to get away from all the girls, and they find that Enid has set up her own little dude ranch (laughs) in the bedroom, which is creepy. Yeah. And yeah, Charles tries to pick one up, and as soon as he touches it... Um, Enid, are you okay? And why are you all alone at a party? Yeah. And why are you wearing like a giant shirt? Why are half these girls like wearing giant shirts with socks? Um, because That's it was it was 1984. That's how we rolled. Uh, I suppose so. But I, I I like the fact that the girls don't treat her badly. But it's also clear that <laughs> she doesn't really fit in well yeah. with the slumber party. She's the weird one. We like that and about where's, her. Where's Enid? I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, then near the end of the episode, when Charles is having that super close-up conversation with the girls upstairs about boys and how they shouldn't hide their feelings or such and such, I, it got a little confusing. Yes. Uh, they all go, I'm, I'm waiting for Mr. Wright. Me too. I'm waiting for Mr. Wright as well. And what does Enid say? <laughs> I'm waiting for Mr. Ed. You're gonna fuck a horse, what? Enid. Enid, no! You're gonna let a you're gonna let a horse fuck you, Enid. You are gonna have horse sex. Oh, that's a separate episode. I think. Yeah. I think we're gonna get an episode where Enid maybe goes off the rails a little bit. I'm just saying, Enid will be coming back. That's all I'm saying. Oh, she actually does come back. Definitely. Oh, oh. Enid, I do appreciate this. Here's the thing. There's the difference between Charles in charge and the cape. Uh, <laughs> Charles in Charge knows to how to use its characters consistently. It trusts that we remember the characters mm-hmm. and what we already know about them, and it, it expands on the characters. Hey, The Cape, maybe you could learn a lesson from this 1984 sitcom. Yes. Uh, that somehow manages to have a rich variety of characters at its disposal. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about the other day, um, in this episode in particular, because Enid being so awkward, the kids are relatively nice to each other. You're talking about the siblings or the girls at the slumber party? Any of the children ever seen in the show. That's true. They are, yeah, outside of kind of the squabbles of, you know, everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the older brother's not characterized as mean or dismissive. It, it does seem as if they spend time with each other. Yeah, it's interesting. Even crazy Cuckoo Lila, who is not crazy in this episode, which I appreciate. Right. She, for once, was not made to twist her face in comic agony or... <laughs> and, you know, for Lila bitching about the fact that she's not popular, she has a shit ton of friends. She does. A grip. Especially for a girl in the eighth grade. A lot of girls don't have that many friends, Lila. How about you get the fuck over it? <laughs> oh, she's, she's a social climber. You know who they don't like? Uh, what's the name of the boy they don't like, Brad? Do you remember? Oh, fuck. What is it? Uh, Harold Lemsky. And then the cheerleader goes, Harold Lemsky. Oh, he's cute. What? <laughs> I wanted to see a picture of Harold Lemsky just to have my own opinion. <laughs> I want to know Am so I going to say, ew, or am I going to say, oh, <laughs> Harold Lemsky? <laughs> oh, and then at one point they asked Charles if he wants to play Truth. Yes. Not Truth or Dare, yeah. just Truth. Truth, if you never played Truth, it's like a game that you, you only play with your closest friends in private. Oh, and you have to play it in, in, in a someone's bedroom. <laughs> Are you going to mass fuck Charles? <gasps> you went down a truth or orgy. gangbang him. Mm. And Enid's going to put on a horse head, Equus style. <laughs> yes. Enid, Enid, no, I'm not into this. <laughs> Charles, just, just put on the horse head, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, oh, so disturbing. <laughs> we, take, we take the dare out of truth or dare. That's a little too edgy for us. Let's just play um, truth. So what the fuck is the message of this? We both seem to be a little... Um, appara- uh, apparently, the way they're spinning this is the the, the reason uh, um, men and women can't get along is because we, we start guarding our feelings. We're just hiding who we are and instead of sharing our emotions and communicating. So we start fighting over silly things like salad versus ice cream right. when the real issue is, do you love me, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> At the very beginning of the episode when he's clearly trying to figure out women and he like goes to the dictionary okay. to look up the word women. women. I'm like, women. really? Women. Really, Charles? The female of the species. Okay, let me look at female. 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 Those that bear the eggs. And I'm like, well, duh. What, what do you think the dictionary is going to... Like, it's a picture of Gwendolyn glaring at him. I'm just trying to understand women. So I'll look at the dictionary. Hey, Charles, what you're trying to understand, that's not... Uh, carry no, on. Carry on, Charles. You're, you're, you're 18 years old. <laughs> Figure it out. Also, I'm sorry. Charles, I, you know, Scapio looks good in this. And I'm not going to say that he doesn't look good, because he does. 
But 18? Willie Ames really doesn't look 18. Gwendolyn Pierce, she ain't no 18. I'm so sorry. Yeah. She is no 18. But even with Charles, I'm like, ah, Charles, you kind of like your, I don't know. I, I just love that we kind of play with age in this show. Well, it's all television. Slumber party. Oh, Enid. Slumber party. We're gonna eat popcorn, fuck a horse. Wait, wait, wait. Enid. Enid. Get out of here. Some Duran Duran suck a horse. No, Enid. Stop it. We're trying to write a song about our slumber party, Enid. Stop trying to slip lyrics in about fucking horses. <laughs> what? What's so wrong with that? Haven't you ever wanted to experiment? No. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, No, wait, no. Never. <laughs> Stop making me think about things that I don't want to think about. Why are you afraid? <laughs> I, I, I got to hand it to them, though. They, they accept Enid. They accept Enid. All right, so we're ready to move on to uh, discipline. Discipline. I got a stopwatch here, and you can begin in three, two, one, go. Okay, so as in many episodes that we've seen, all three kids seem to be having problems with grades this time around. Jason's having problems. Lila's having issues at school. And now that I think about it, she's not dealing with grades. She's dealing with trying to fit in as usual because Lila's crazy. But Douglas got an F because he tried to do a book report on a work of famous literature, and his choice was the TV guide. And Charles is angry with teachers anyway because he has three finals in one week. So he and Douglas march down to the school, and they're going to talk to the teacher about the F that Douglas received. But the teacher is hot, which throws Charles off to begin with. And ultimately, we realize that Douglas isn't imaginative for using a TV guide as the subject of his book report. He's just lazily creative and kind of a dork who needs to get over himself. Just do the assignment, Douglas, and I'll give you an A. And at the end of the show, we realize that, you know, discipline's not a bad thing because it allows us to become responsible and mature and helps us to become adults. And I think Douglas is going to read a Dylan Thomas novel and realize that. The end. Wow. I have one minute, one second. (gasps) What? (laughs) How is that possible? I thought I was doing really well. You were, but uh, I have have one second over the limit. I think we tied. Oh, well, that's just strange. (laughs) We need, like, a (laughs) tiebreaker. I don't know what that would be. I have no idea. Let's just... Let's just call it a goddamn draw this time. Oh, also, and also the fact um, it is it is midterms and not finals. Oh God! Well, <laughs> if I was if I was under to begin with, I would have been docked seconds anyway. <laughs> At least a solid second for saying finals rather than midterms. <laughs> oh, good God! Oh well, yeah, I guess it's better that we both failed to have one of us gloating for the rest of the second. Yes. Uh- why is he so freaked out about um, three midterms in the same week? Doesn't that happen? Don't we all have midterms at the same time? If you had three midterms in the same day before noon, that would be kind of crazy. Sure. But, you know, it's college, Charles. Did you not know what you were signing up for? Yeah, midterms, it's not like they just haphazardly have a midterm anytime they want. There's generally in the, the middle of the term. Uh, in fact, there's generally a, a set week for that. Well, you have to understand, Charles didn't even sign up for these classes. <laughs> Buddy and Gwendolyn signed him up, True. so he doesn't even know what he's taking. He's also, what the, what the fuck is his major? <laughs> what is Charles studying to be? Uh, so, Charles, I think, just needs a reason to be angry in every episode. Yes. Well, I'm angry, Charles, you impotent, angry fellow. <laughs> just relax, man. Buddy, Buddy doesn't seem to be nearly as worried. Well, and that's because Buddy's a winker, so he's just going to fuck all of his teachers, right. including the men. Hey, maybe you could just let me slide on this. <laughs> hey, come on. 
Wink, wink. What is Jason's issue in this episode? Um, He's having some sort of grade-related issue. Oh, he got a C, didn't he? He, he got a C, and it, but he spun it. Like I don't think I don't think Jason's right. the the hard uh, hardcore student because he comes in immediately and he's like I can't, I'm so upset with myself I can't believe it and his mother's like what's mom There's no way you could punish me There's, there's no way there's, I already punished myself I'm beating myself over this I got a C on this paper I'm gonna be thinking about this the whole time I'm out playing football Acha and the mother Oh my God They're such bad parents The mother doesn't care She doesn't give a shit right. She's like Jason You have 30 seconds I gotta go What do you want Charles is gonna be here in 10 minutes He can fucking deal with it when he arrives and, But I love with Jason She doesn't even care It's like Oh you gotta see You're that one You're the one that doesn't do well No worries <laughs> I, Exactly Your expectations for Jason are low Right Go out and play Whatever the fuck you play I don't even I don't go to your game yeah. So I have no idea what sports you play But I mean really he's, How old is Jason He's about like Oh he's Like 8 or something yeah, there's not a huge age I'm not, difference between him and Like, at what point do you really... I mean, as a parent, I'm sure you're always concerned about your kids' grades. But really, like, in elementary school, what are you, are you too worried? Yeah, it, is he going to get into a bad middle school? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no worry about that. It's a public education system. They're not that rich. She reviews theater, and he sells stuff. <laughs> right. He wears a suit and then, like, sits in his car for eight hours a day because he's unemployed. I don't know what he... Well, he's, 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 the, uh, he's the 49th uh, vice president of this company. Is that a joke at one point? Yeah, there's four, 49 vice presidents. Only one of them is still in my, is still in his living room talking to his wife right now. And eventually, one of day, one of them is going to be promoted. What a horrific company hierarchy! <laughs> <laughs> one president, 49 <laughs> vice presidents, all grappling for the new position. Yeah. Hey, good luck considering there's 48 more people applying for the position. Well, you well I love when he when he finds out that um Douglas got enough. He's like he's upset for a second. But then he's like, you know what? No worries. When I become president, he'll have a cushy job where he won't have to worry about anything. Oh, God. Um, he can sell shitty fishing rods. Mr. Pembroke, <laughs> That's what I, lo- I love how he just, like, completely owns being a rich, powerful man. Well, yeah, and he throws it to Charles. He's like, Charles, deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, I'll hate you. I will really hate you, Charles. Like, And Douglas is genuinely upset. He's upset. Yeah. He's kind of crying and whimpering like a weird puppy. Yeah. But it's his own fault. Like, I'm sorry. I, I there are always, There's always that one kid who thinks he's really imaginative, like, ah, I'm not going to do the assignment. I'm going to put my own spin on the assignment, and the teacher's going to think, ah, I'm creative. Right. Hey, nope, doesn't work like that. You're going to read a real book. A real book. What? I, I discussed all in the family. I discussed Mary Tyler Moore. Stop it. <laughs> Here, read Dylan Thomas, which seems a little bit <laughs> like, hey, here's a, here's a here's a book for a kid. Dylan Thomas. Did they put Dylan Thomas? Yeah, because at the end, Charles quotes Dylan Thomas really randomly. And the teacher's like, hey, good job, Charles. You know, Douglas, I have this book sitting on my shelf in the... No, she she gives him Walden. Walden? Yeah. And who writes that? Thoreau. Oh. Well, for fuck's sake, I thought the fact that Charles quoted... That is who he quotes, right? Dylan Thomas? Um, I I don't remember any Dylan Thomas. They they talked a lot about Thoreau and Walden. Yeah, I think it was all Walden. Oh, God, I'm an idiot. Oh, that see, I'm going to have to dock even more seconds. So I did worse than you. Totally, I, <laughs> with all my errors, I think I did like one minute and four seconds at this point. Is the teacher hot? No. I'm not convinced that she's entirely, I don't think, I don't think it's working. Yeah, she's not. She's not at all. I had, I had a hotter teacher than that. Her hair's too big. Yeah. Her face is a little weird. Her face is old looking. Yeah, and she kind of looks worn, like a lady who's kind of yeah. been down the beaten path. Like, if maybe maybe she wasn't wearing all 80s-out crazy teacher clothes, 
May maybe yeah. she has a decent body, but I don't know what they were seeing. No, her hair has that crazy 80s frizz quality mm -hmm. to it. Like, she really worked hard to make it look messy. Yeah. And, yeah, not entirely convinced that that's working. But, of course, it's Charles, so he's struck dumb instantly. Yeah. Because anyone with breasts and a vagina, he's like, habada, 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 habada. <laughs> Ooh, teach me, teach me. And he keeps saying, you're not, you're not a teacher. How can you be a teacher? I'm, I'm like, Charles, how old are your teachers? Are they all, like, 90 with two canes, one in each hand? Seriously. Welcome to history. Like, what? What's going on here? Well, Copeland um, Community College, it doesn't get the uh, the fresh young teachers. Well, I, I love how Jason keeps waffling between every other episode. In some episodes, he's like, girls, Charles, what can you do with a girl? And in this episode, he's like, well, hello there, Miss Teacher. <laughs> I know I'm quite young and I haven't hit puberty yet, but can I book a reservation in your vagina, basically? <laughs> in a few years, I'm going to be ready and raring to go. Jason, stop <laughs> winking at me. You're going to be just like buddy. And once again, Douglas is like, could it be possible that she's attractive? Um, Douglas, Douglas, don't... Two episodes ago, you were a DTF. What's what? Why, why are you completely unaware of the world? <laughs> oh, Douglas. Uh, but poor Jason. Brad, do you remember the nickname the kids give Jason at school that he's oh, been having to deal with? I later? don't. Oh, Jason, you are such a spazzo Rudy. <laughs> yes! Everyone calls me a spazzo Rudy, Charles! <laughs> I love how the boys constantly battle for Charles' attention. No, Charles, deal with my problem. <laughs> Yes. Guys, there's two of you. Literally, I can split my attention. Don't worry about it. I'm not giving one of you more attention than the other. <laughs> I, oh, do you remember Lila's issue in this episode? Lila wants to do... Oh, my God. She thought algebra was the hip subject, which makes no sense. And now apparently the new hip thing to do is field hockey? Well, I don't think it's algebra's hip to do. I just think the fact if these two girls that hate algebra unite and become best friends, then algebra is going to immediately become uncool. As opposed to... It's 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 even right now. <laughs> makes no like, sense. now it doesn't matter. Oh. I think it's completely neutral. But th after after these two girls unite and form an alliance, I guess, oh, <laughs> then algebra yeah, comes. Yeah, heat. it's the worst. Hey, kids, raise your hand. The ten of you. Raise your hand if you think algebra's cool. Okay, five of you think that. Who thinks it sucks? Five of you. Okay, it's a dead <laughs> Right. Heat. Unless two of you change your minds. <laughs> Even one of you. No, not just one of you. Two of you have to get together. Two of you have to decide that you both agree. And once that happens, then the balance of power shifts, and then field hockey's popular. Field hockey, <laughs> as opposed to algebra. Field hockey, as... First of all, field hockey... Field hockey is never going to be cool. How does that happen? No. Field hockey seems to be a sport that was really popular in the 80s. Like, girls still play it, but that's kind of a, like, a stereotypically lezzy sport at this point, I think. Oh, bizarre. Lila, are you going out for field hockey? Do you like muff? Because <laughs> those girls are going to be all up on you. I'm just, I'm just saying. I was going to play softball, but Enid. Oh yeah, I was just about to say, you know, Enid's on the field. Hockey team. Yeah, because she gets, she gets to act out her horse violent <laughs> fantasies. I am a horse, and everyone else is a horse, and I shall beat them. <laughs> oh, uh, Douglas has a great line that I completely heard and also misheard on purpose, and he, uh, he says to Charles. Charles goes, who's she? And she goes, and Douglas says, she likes to flunk the boys. <laughs> and I thought, excuse me? She likes to what now? <laughs> My goodness. God, good gracious almighty. Uh, there's also a weird movie reference in this one, too, because at one point, Miss Pembroke goes, Douglas, if I don't leave here in five minutes and join your father at this party, I'm going to have to explain the plot to Kramer versus Kramer to you. Yes. And I thought, wow, once again. <laughs> 
But if it isn't, if it isn't President Carter, it's a reference to Kramer versus Kramer. Hey, you gotta get those pop culture references from 1984 in the mix. Clever, clever, clever. So yeah, discipline at the end of the day makes you responsible. Oh, also, this is the one that ends. It must have been a reshoot. Why at the very end of the episode, uh, Douglas and Charles are talking, and Douglas and Charles is like, "Yeah, uh, I just like to find my own special place, you know, somewhere that has lots of." Uh, fun and action and adventure and romance and Doug is like oh I got the place for you right here hands him a magazine then there's like a weird cut to a close up of Charles picking it up TV guide <laughs> but he says it in this weird bizarre stinted way where it's like clearly they must have had to reshoot that like last line Something. and he didn't even know what the context of saying it was oh and it's in general it's a weird little button to the episode yeah. too it's like what it's like they generally were getting together and going, what the hell are we going to talk about? We clearly ended the episode. So I, well, I feel like we need something to fill. But I feel like they they shot it maybe, um, where Charles just held up TV Guide and maybe it didn't pick up on the camera, and then they had to go uh, back like a couple days later and just shoot him saying TV Guide. <laughs> oh God, oh my God. Because it's such a weird line delivery. It, like it had to have been a bizarre accidental reshoot. I know where you can find all that stuff. In one place? Sure, I happen to be an expert on it. Where? TV guy! Uh, Lila says that her Walden is sitting there with her busted knee <laughs> from field hockey because Jason's a lovely brother that will make her an ice cream sundae. And Jason goes, how much are you give me? And she, she actually pays him 50 cents. I'm like... No, yeah. no, 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 no. Punch him in the face and make him make you an ice cream <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. These, these, this family unit, these kids are completely non-violent towards each other. And yeah, they're very relaxed. Like, it, it, that seems like a real moment. Like, Jason's just reading. He doesn't even look up from the book. He's like, how much you'll give me? <laughs> Which makes me all the more worried when we get to the end of this DVD mm-hmm. set and we're all going to have to watch that first episode of the second season. <sighs> I've seen the opening. Those kids look creepy. They look like children of the corn and I don't want to look at yeah. them. They're going to be yeah. weird. And the house gets redecorated. Ugh, I don't even want to think about it. But yeah, I think that I think that puts us at the end of our Charles in Charge segment for this time. I'm around. We got some more coming up next week. Jonathan, what are we watching? Yeah, uh, next time we get together, we'll be watching Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move on to disc two of the first season set. And the, the episode that's, that's going to start us off is A Date with Enid. Yes! I didn't know this. I didn't realize it was so soon. According to the description, Douglas falls in love with Enid. (laughs) Yes. Which they're not that far apart in terms of age, I guess. So it's not going to be weird, I'm sure, Uh when she puts on her horse head. (laughs) Hey, Douglas, uh, would you mind neighing? And you know what? Douglas wouldn't mind because Douglas is weird, just like Enid. I'm sure they'll get along just great. (laughs) Good times. Good times. Brad, I uh, I have you know how we recently went through 2011's movie schedule. Yes, and we we discovered as a trio that 2011 is probably going to go down as the worst year in film. Yeah, it, I I barely had a hard time. I, I barely was able to get together top a top three of what I <laughs> wanted to see, much less five. I just I don't want to see anything. This is really depressing. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, I read an article recently that stated this is going to be the year that breaks, not only breaks, but just shatters the record for the number of sequels, spinoffs, reboots, and just anything under the sun that's just a rehash, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original record was apparently 
24 films, and that was in 2003. And this year we're going to get, uh, let's see, 27. We're going to get 27 sequels, remixes. (laughs) Remix! Um, And that's not even counting, like, apparently this article missed a few, and so they're like, oh, wait a minute, we forgot. (laughs) We forgot that Journey to the Mysterious Island and A Very Herald and Kumar Christmas is coming out. So... (laughs) That brings us up to more around 30, oh, now that we think about it. And a lot of these movies have really crazy subtitles. Uh, some of them include Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil. Remember Hoodwinked, Brad? No. Uh, that was that really shitty, horrifically animated CGI film that basically redid the Red Riding Hood story as a wacky, post-Shrek ironic no. story. Ugh. But... Here's the best part. You'll, I think you'll appreciate this because two is spelled as T O O. In the grand tradition of Look Who's Talking to and Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> hey, you're a Teen Wolf 2. Hey, you're talking too. <laughs> Stop it. Hey, you've also been hoodwinked. Um, we, we get hoodwinked 2, hood, hood, hood versus evil. Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. Uh. My challenge to you, Brad, is I want you to come up with some. Some subtitles for movies that inexplicably don't have awful subtitles. Oh, fun times. And uh, there's there's more than a few, and I want you to actually try and come up with a subtitle that you think they'd actually use. Nice. Something just bad enough. Um, so let's start with let's start with Cars Two. Oh. Cars t- wow. Cars Two is coming out this year. Uh, so if you put a colon at the end of it, what would follow that colon? Cars Two. Um, let me think. Uh... Is there any twist on Cars? What's happening in Cars 2? Oh, well, Cars 2, uh, it takes all the characters we know and love and puts them on a a World Grand Prix Mm. race. And not only that, but they are mistaken for deadly spies. (laughs) And it becomes a a spy caper. There, there are British intelligence cars who are like, oh, obviously these are are highly intelligent spies. Um, I said British and French. But that's what it's uh, about. I, I immediately think Game of Shadows, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Cars Two Game of Shadows. Um, sh- um, let's see, Cars Race to the Finish. <laughs> that's good. That reminds me of Madagascar Escape to nice. Africa. Hey, great job, guys! How much did you get paid to come up with these titles? Cars Race. <laughs> what was it? Race, race to, to the Finish. The finish. That's, that's good. <laughs> okay, well, keeping in that spirit, uh, uh, oddly enough, it's all the animated movies that don't have they don't need them. subtitles. The kids will. Do you remember? Do you remember Happy Feet? Um, remember I'll that? pretend I do. Happy Feet is the uh, movie that was about dancing penguins. Oh, hey. oh how the penguins love to dance, Brad. <laughs> Hugh Jackman as a penguin. <laughs> Brittany Murphy as a penguin. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. I, I think maybe we don't need to give that. Happy subtitle, Feet Two, um, and they're penguins. Yeah, they're um, penguins, so they're gonna be they're gonna just be tapping yeah. their feet a lot. I merely think Game of Shadows, but <laughs> <laughs> Happy Feet Two Game. Of um, what are some characteristics? I know I'm like good penguins. I, I don't even know how they're opening up the story because it really just doesn't seem like a film. I don't even think it made that much money. I don't understand what they think the story is uh, gonna be about. The penguins are dancing some more. I mean, what? Happy Feet. Too cool for school. <laughs> I like how you're you're, you're forcing the, word, the number yeah. two in, in it's, there. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it should just be called Happy Feet Two T O O. 
<laughs> I, for some reason, that word always gets put at the end of titles that just they never make any sense. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, well let's let's not do another animated movie. Right. Uh, I could give you Kung Fu Panda too, but I think no. If we're, yeah, if we're done with animated, I, I I just don't see that many animated films. <laughs> well, this is true, Alex. Alex sees those. I saw the, I saw the Little Mermaid, and uh, saw that in the theater, and then I saw I was forced to see uh, Finding Nemo. What in what context were you forced? We've talked about Finding Nemo a little bit, but why? Were it was like a group of friends, and they were like, "Come see it! It's gonna be great! You haven't seen any of these new animated movies? They're really great for everyone. Everyone loves them. They're not just for kids." Ugh. Hey, it sucks. I fell asleep. It was the worst. If you're not if you're not into it to begin with, and you know, like, yeah. I, oh, they were they were they were really yeah. dragging. And then I went to see Wally, and that was I, I enjoyed most of that. It was okay. Okay, well, let's move away from that genre then. That's, That's not your genre. I'll I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Okay, that you'll all enjoy. right. Uh, paranormal Activity. Ooh, I love Paranormal Activity. Now you're not going to be able to, yeah, <laughs> unless you can somehow put the number three into a phrase or a sentence. Paranormal threes a crowd. <laughs> paranormal Activity threes a crowd. <laughs> Thrice. <laughs> uh, Katie's Game of Shadow. <laughs> oh no, it's somehow still about Katie. Like it's a prequel to the prequel of the mid. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, boy. <laughs> Um, Paranormal Activity 3, Demon Song. <laughs> Demon. Oh my god, that actually does sound like yes. something they go with. That makes me think of Blair Witch Project, Book of Shadows. <laughs> yes. Wait. Wait a minute, Book of Shadows, Game of Shadows, what's going on here? Uh, before I give you another one, I, uh, I we've discussed this a little bit, but everyone should just know out there that Alvin and the Chipmunks 3 does have its subtitle. Right. It's not the sequel. I don't think it's as good as the sequel, but... In in this one, they're they're abandoned on a desert island. So of course, it's called Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. Love it. Love I still it. need to see Squeakquel because I quite enjoyed the first Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> really, what did you? It is, no, it is bizarrely entertaining. David Cross is hilarious. Okay, All it's right. I enjoy it. Uh, I kind of want to see G Force just for Zach Galifianakis. Nice. I don't understand why he decided to do that film. Money. And- Money. <laughs> sweet. That's why David Cross is yeah. in Chipmunks. Sweet, sweet. There's nothing wrong money. with that. Well, that sure was a lot of fun playing that <laughs> silly game. Oh. oh. But hey, how about a code game? <gasps> code game? But uh, can we really play that without Alex? I think we can, and I think we must. I think Alex would bring, to the, I don't even know what it is, but he would bring a penny, a broken pencil. <laughs> I'm going to bring my shoes, socks, and the contents of my wallet. Good luck. Good luck to you, my sir. Alex, my good you, sir. you already had those things. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I'm ready. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> well, Brian, hit, hit me up with a code. Let's see. All right. Let's see what um, I can bring. Well, I'll just uh, set this up. I was watching television uh, last week, television. and I and I heard a character exclaim, we have a code red. Code red. Jonathan, what are you going to do? What are you going to bring to this very specific situation that I'm sure you're well aware of and prepared for? Well, Brad, how many objects can I bring to a Code Red? First, uh, how many are you going to allow me to bring? I should say. Um, I allow three, but you can convince me of four if you try really hard. Okay. Well, okay. First, I'm going to bring the cape from the cape. Oh, very good. And also, because I was thinking about bringing that, I didn't hear the number of objects I could bring. Can I bring three? Is that what you? Uh, you can. Uh, I'll definitely three. If you if you push it really hard, I'll consider a fourth. <laughs> if, if I just, if I whine a lot, just if I go. Yeah. If you make a solid case for it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I will bring 
Uh, th- I will bring the cape from the cape. Nice. Let's see. I will bring uh, a single grenade. Good job. Uh, <laughs> and then for my potentially last object, I will bring, let's see, a book on Zen. Oh. I will bring a book nice. on Zen. Because really, what are codes? Mm. What is oh. red, if you think about yeah. it? Uh, so, okay, so you're saying if I make a good enough right. case, I can bring yeah. a fourth one. Well, you know, I tend to get a little peckish. Mm-hmm. So if I could just if I could just bring a, a little bag of Chipotle. Ah, <sighs> oh, man. Just some chicken tacos. Well, just like maybe three chicken ah, tacos. Ah, everyone loves a good taco. Go for it. Okay, let's see. Let me write this down real quick. Uh, tacos, cape... Uh, what the fuck else uh, did I say? I book of Zen, like? book of Zen, mm-hmm. and a grenade. And, yeah. Oh, a grenade, a grenade. All right, well, hit me up, Brad. What is well? Code I, I was watching. I was watching an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, okay. wonderful show. And Charlie was exclaiming that Code Red, the waitress, is seeing somebody. The waitress is seeing somebody. Okay. All right, so I'm going to put myself in his position because I know Charlie's in love with the waitress. So I, uh, but I'm going to have to use it in my context. So let's say that I'm in love with. Well, the I think I think uh, maybe you should uh, be helping your friend Charlie out because he's coming to oh, you okay. with a code red. You personally aren't, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay, the right. Nick's what I just said. All right, so a grenade, a book of Zen, the cape, <laughs> tacos. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, first of all. First of all, here's here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my I'm gonna sacrifice my tacos to Charlie. I'm gonna say, look, here's the thing. Maybe she herself was a little peckish. Uh, take take the tacos over there. Maybe uh, offer them up as a as a little meal that mm-hmm. you two can share. And maybe that'll break the ice and she'll you know reconsider her current mm-hmm. relationship status. And uh, if uh, and ex- yeah, I'm sure see, that I don't won't see that happening. That's <laughs> that's but that's just mm-hmm. my first right, gambit. Right. You gotta have a first gambit. And when that inevitably fails, we're going to move on to another... We're going to move on to another tactic. Uh, let, let's... Okay, Charlie, uh, let's see. Let, let's take the Book of Zen, and we're going to go up to the waitress and say, Listen, listen, what, what is a relationship? What is romance? I, if you think about it... And then we'll call oh, her yeah. disciple. We'll just keep calling her <laughs> disciple, and that won't work, probably. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll just blow yeah. up in our faces yeah. again. Uh... Okay, here's here's my best option at, at this point. Uh, we we take the entire restaurant hostage by threatening to pull the hook out of the grenade. Oh, very nice. Violence, violence could be the key. But I, honestly, I think it, even at that point, I think the waitress would be like, "Fine, I'm comfortable with dying. I don't care about sacrificing the lives of others just so I can refuse your advances." <laughs> Uh, and at that point, uh, I think our best option is the cape. Oh, always. Because that's, yeah, that's when you you go, and you wrap the cape around her waist, and then you bring her in like a tango dancer. Nice. And you just you just plant one on her. Oh. Plant one on her, Charlie. Ooh. That's that's what I tell you. And if any of these tactics don't work, uh, I don't know, kill yourself? I don't know. So done. So threats of violence and, all around. right, well, there you go. Good job, good job. I don't know if any of it worked, but uh, it, it, Charlie's a difficult I th- person yeah, to Yeah, I think you made, you made the effort. You made the effort. And that's what matters. It isn't really, that's what counts. I think Charlie, I think Charles is going to teach us that at some point. Look, it's the effort. It's the effort, kids. Right. That's, that's great. Okay, well, Brad, uh, oh boy. I don't know really how to put this. We have a very complicated situation on our hands. Oh, no. 
Uh, not we don't have we don't have just one code. Oh. We don't just have two. What? We don't just have three. <gasps> we have four codes oh. at the same time. What? But I'm only yeah, one man. Yeah. I know, I know, but everyone else is, they're on other jobs, they're on other assignments. We, we need you to go tackle this. All right. We have a 1056. <gasps> we have a 1062. Oh, fuck. We have a 1078. Oh, crap. And we have a 1080. All of those at once? All of those at once. Somehow, somehow, all of these events have converged, and it's, 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 an, it's a crisis, Brad. It's a crisis. Oh, crap. I will allow you one object per code so okay. ultimately you will have four options all right all right um first i'm gonna need twinkers oh twinkers the wish star? twinkers the wish star okay good, good. gotta have him gots to twinkers. um second i'm going to need chess's costume from the cape okay so chess costume i've written that down um whoo oh boy um time is uh, ticking uh, Oh fuck! I'm so scared. Um, so many situations. <laughs> I can hear the sweat dripping off the microphone. I'm I'm gonna need my cafetiere. Y- your what? My cafetiere. Gotta have a good cup of coffee. You can't oh. you can't <laughs> fix a situation without a proper cup of coffee. And drip okay. coffee is not gonna cut it coffee. because I'm an adult living in the year 2011. Okay. All right. So a cup of coffee. We got the chess costume. Twinkers. What's gonna round you out? What's gonna uh, round this out? Um, we're gonna round this out with a bucket of tar. Okay, a bucket of tar. So to review, bucket of tar, a cup of coffee. The cafetiere to make uh, the coffee. <laughs> Say that word. How do you even spell that? Um, C-A-F-E-T-I-E-R-A. And that's that's a machine for making coffee? Yes. It also, um, people might call it a French press if they're okay. filthy, filthy <laughs> bastards. Ooh, it's a French press. It's a cafetiere. <laughs> We're adults. Say cafetiere. It's not that what hard year to say. Is it? is it 1972? I don't like. I don't like to say French words. I just say French press instead. No, it's a cafetiere. Say the word. French toast. French fries. French press. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Grow up. Okay. Well, Brad, those are your objects. Mm-hmm. So let me let me run down this horrific situation we've got. All right. So first of all, we've got a 1056, which is uh, an, an incident of an indecent exposure. Oh, okay. So we've got that. Not only do we have that, we have a 1062, which is a loud party. Oh, okay. These are all from the Kentucky police codes, by the way. Nice. Uh, so we've got an indecent exposure, a loud party. We've got a 1078, which is a trail derailment. A train derailment? A train derailment. Oh, wow. And then on top of that, we have a 1080, a corpse. <laughs> Somehow, all of these are linked... And we need to get rid of all of them. Okay. We just need to make all of this resolve itself. Great. Piece of cake. All right. First things first. Twinkers, I'm going to need you to get on that train derailment. How exactly are you going? In what way? (laughs) I wish that train didn't derail. Okay. So Twinkers is good for one wish. Right. And beyond that, it would just be cheating. Right. Yeah. That He can't make everything. No, no, no. I'm just putting the train back. How else am I going to do that? Cup of coffee can't fix a train. <laughs> but then two loud bear comes along and is like, well, hey, I want a wish too. Fuck you. You get out of here, I loud w- bear. I wish that train would derail oh, again. Stupid bear. Stop stealing God my wish star. He tricked me into giving him twinkers. <laughs> How did I get foiled? Okay. So the train is taken care of. All right. Um. All right. So um. let's see. What are they? Okay. What do we got now? We've got, uh, we've got a corpse. You- a loud, a loud party, party and an indecent exposure. That probably happened at the party. Let's just... Yeah. Defo. 
And probably someone died at the party because kids these oh, days, ugh, they don't, they don't Love know. those drugs, man. Sometimes you overdose. They're doing whippets. They're doing Oxycontin. They're doing cookie dough. I don't know what they can do. <laughs> so much cookie dough. So much cookie dough and Maybe whippets. Cookie dough. I mean, sometimes oxys, oh, but no, you know. I laced this pacifier. Because it's the early 90s. Apparently. So you've used yeah. Twinkers, you've got the chest right. costume, you've got your cafetiera, and you got your bucket. Right. Okay, well, first we got this dead body. And, ooh, dead body, party, um, dead body will spoil party. So. A dead body <laughs> dead party, party is the not worst. A party I want to go to. Um, so, um, what I'm, I'm, first I'm going to arrive in full out chess gear. So that's going to freak some people out. I think that indecent exposure is going to be a little weirded out and may want to cover up because I look like a. What, what if it's a cost? What if it's a costume party? Oh, it's a costume party? party. Well, then I can. I'll, I'll blend, I'll blend in because I'm wearing a crazy costume from that hit TV show, The Cape. Okay. And you <laughs> oh my God, he's chest. You're so cool. I'm, we're gonna show. listen to you. So now they're listening to me. I've got their attention. Like you've won the, you've won the part. You've won the contest, which means I get like a twenty dollar Applebee's gift card. Sweet. So that's great. You those mozzarella sticks. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give that to the um, the family of the of the corpse to help their grief. Aww. <laughs> oh my God, our son. He died because he did whippets. Um, for, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set him down, and I'm going to say, hey, let me make you some coffee. Um, i got to tell you some bad news. <laughs> so I'm going to pull out the cafeteria, okay, okay. and I'm going to press them like a nice cup of coffee, and they're going to be like, this is the most amazing coffee I've ever had. I can't believe this. You've changed my life forever. I'll never drink drip coffee again. I've grown up, and I'm now an adult. And I'll say... And the only reason I'm listening to you is because your costume's so awesome. Right. So I'll say, well, okay, um, now some bad news. Um, I'm sorry your relative has died. Here's the body. <laughs> <laughs> here's your here's the 1080 aka your yeah. stepson Al. <laughs> sorry um here's here's that out but then because uh, i want to make a sandwich you know you, you know you're supposed to make like a like a like a compliment sandwich say something nice say something bad then say something nice again to bring them back up then i'm going to give them that my, my gift card my 20 dollar gift card to help ease their their pain so they've had great they've had great coffee that's changed their life sadly um alfred has died but then they got a gift card so that's that's you know <laughs> But where does the bucket of tar come into play? Well, then I'm going to have to go back to that party, and I'm going to find that indecent exposure, and I'm going to tar and feather them. <laughs> someone will have feathers oh. there. Like someone dressed up well, as a Well, I'll chicken. just find, like, some hot girl that's, like, you know, dressed up, like, as an angel or something with, like, a, you know, the feathery wings, and I'll just steal some wing, some feathers, and, you know, tar feather. Dunzo. Okay. So, for the record, <laughs> here was the process of, here was the series of events. Twinkers, take care of that train. Hey, loud party. <laughs> How do you like this costume? Oh, I won the costume Yay. contest. I got a prize, an Applebee's gift card. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> your relative is dead. Here's the Have course. some great coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here's some great coffee. Did you give them the gift card? I did. Yeah, it was a sandwich. It was, yeah, coffee. Oh, okay. Damn, Co I give them coffee lot. first so they think everything's great. Then I tell them their relative died. Then I give them the gift card to bring them back up. Oh, and also, weird naked guy, you need to shave downstairs because mm -hmm. you're freaking everyone out. Oh, and also, a face full mm -hmm. of tar. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to brayer rabbit. Now you look the fool. <laughs> it really is all about at the end of the day. Who looks <laughs> the fool? And I'm afraid, sir, that you do. Well, Brad, I think that's a... I think you handled that very well, considering that was... That was a Whew. really complicated situation we had. <sighs> and so wraps up another round of The Code, the code Game. Well, guys, it has been an amazing show. 50% with Alex, 50% without Alex. Hey, you know, people are busy. Kind of started out sad with all that Atlas Shrug talk. It did but, start uh, a little depressing, but we picked it up. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we got out of it. How many of you at home slit your wrists? You can write in and tell us. Let us know. How many of you are dead right now? How many of you feel like the Lich? Oh, Jesus Christ. Ooh. If any of you feel like the Lich, 
you feel no pain, and you hate lemons. So <laughs> I, I pity you. I pity yeah, you. Yeah, lemons are great. So, Jonathan, um, let's say someone um, <laughs> needed to talk to us. They wanted to inspire us and lift our spirits. How would they do that? Well, if, if you want to get us out of the Atlas Shrug doldrums, you can give us a call on our voicemail line. That is area code 206 339 5894. Once again, that's area code 206 339 5894. Who is John Galt? Maybe you know. Email us at roundjackpodcastgmail.com. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash ramjackpodcast. Brad, we have over 70 followers at this point. Oh my gosh, we almost have more followers for the podcast than I do personally. That's going to be that's going to make <laughs> me upset. Well, and many more than I do personally. So, <laughs> we're just clipping along. Although a couple of them are spam bots. I'm going to have to get rid of Those them. Those fucking fuckers. It's like, <laughs> do you like DVDs and Blu-rays? Then perhaps you should follow us. Uh, no. <laughs> no thanks. Nope. Or it's like sexy Lindy. Like, hey, I'm the Lindy baby all grown up. What's up? What's up? Yikes. Follow me. I have six million followers. Robot. And don't forget to go to the website at curiositybounds.com forward slash ramjack. I say forward slash, even though it should just be slash because forward slash doesn't exist. It's just slash. Really? That's not actually no, a term? People say forward slash, but it's just slash. Backslash so is the like opposite slash of slash. Slash is the standard right. template. And the backslash is what's going against right. that. But I say backslash, I say uh, forward slash because Alex says curiositybounds.com forward slash ramjack. But it's curiositybounds.com slash ramjack. <laughs> We've just fallen into that habit. Oh, linguistics. No forward. It's unnecessary. Unnecessary syllables. When Alex gets back, we're, we're just going to tell him that no more. No more. And uh, Randy, Randy, if you're out there, you're listening. Um, I was a little upset, so I'm just going to yell at my request really quick. For not be perfect, but heaven knows we try, but all around, even our old friends put us down, let's drop the big one and see what happens, we give them money, but are they grateful, no they're spiteful and they're hateful, they don't respect us, so let's surprise them. Drop the big one, pulverize the Asia's crowded, Europe's too old, Africa's far too hot, and Canada's too cold. South America stole our name. Let's drop the big one, there'll be no one left to blame us. We'll save Australia. Park there, they got surfing too. Boom goes London, boom Perry. More room for you and more room for me. In every city, the whole world round, will just be another American town. Oh, how peaceful it will be. We set everybody free. You wear a Japanese Motor, baby, be a tiny shoes for me. They all hate us anyhow. So let's drop the beat.
just drop the 